This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. <laughs> Rich is already in, he's already in rare form. This man, this man wasn't that like this on the stream. Once I press record, he wants to pull out this guitar. He's already ready. So, Rich, the floor is yours. I'm getting out the way. I'm moving out the way. I'm getting out the way. What's up, y'all? Y'all know what it is. Um, we getting right to it. Um, so actually, before we do that, so um, I actually ended up with some mainstream media attention uh this week so uh shouts out to uh, my man phil Lindsay, uh the grab city podcast also a writer for bleach report he ended up writing a story on the aw album that has been released i don't think anyone's actually got their physical copies yet but anyone that did order them they should be on the way um he wrote a column basically you know talking about the whole background of the project he got quotes for everyone he reached out to me i want to say maybe like a week ago and I gave him like some quotes and all that and shout out to Phil. He showed a lot of love. Like he put like one of the behind the beat videos that were up, um, you know, square in the middle of the column, like with the the big quote plug one nation radio in it. So shout out to him. Like that was a, that was a big look. And I, I kind of marked out when I saw, I was like, man, I got like a big like section on a bleacher report thing. So uh, I was pretty happy about that. If you guys haven't seen it, check it out. Yeah, 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 man. That was really cool. Like, all throughout the day, you were telling me, uh, like, you know, some of the feedback. Like, there are people that, like, we haven't really talked to in a minute that were, like, uh, you know, congratulating you. So, that was really cool. Like, I saw Sandy, and I was like, you know, we, we rarely hear a C from Sandy. And Sandy was like, oh, that's what's up. So, that was really cool. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Back to the lecture at hand. Yeah, let's let's um, get to it. It is time. It is time to open up the pack um, because there was one show that was telling the world, um, the world, Craig, about what was going on with Cody Rhodes um, as far as character wise. You know, I, I didn't think either of us figured it would come to this in uh, business terms because we figured you know nothing was going to happen. But uh, it is time for the pack to go up because apparently. Uh, Cody Rhodes has worked himself into a shoot. Uh, the 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 fake stuff has turned real. Uh, there was no story. There was there was no genius behind this this last seven months or whatever it was back since Double or Nothing. Um, Cody Rhodes is out of AEW. 
I remember back in September, there was someone that said, man, this guy's broken. There's a problem. There's a there's actually a YouTube clip. The problem with Cody Rhodes. You can look it up right now in that. I was like, man, if it keeps going like this for him and it just stays so toxic, I'm really concerned that he could be out of AEW sooner than, you know, uh, than, than we think. Little did I know. Four or five months later, we'd be sitting here ready to uh, put them in the pack of all packs. Um, there's a lot to this story, man. Like, where, where do you want to want to begin with this? Um, I guess for me, it's where we. I think, I think for me, it's um. There's two parts. There's multiple parts, but I think where, where you start is. How in the world did we go from where Cody, his stature in the company, his stature in um, Turner Networks, network properties, to he's now, he's presumably heading back to WWE. Um, it's going to be a slow churn of, of information coming out when we've already, you know, between Wade Keller and Dave Meltzer um, and Chuck Barrasso, there's already stuff in Sean Ross Sapp, of course, there's already stuff about slow leaks of what possibly could be the reason or or maybe there's like so many reasons that like this week is this time to mention this factor of it but like it just seemed like in a in a way that matched what was happening on screen behind the scenes um there was less of a place uh for Cody Rhodes and Cody Rhodes seemed more like a luxury act than he was an essential act which you can absolutely not have said about Cody two years ago Mm-hmm. Um, while he was still a top star in the company, um, it just felt like the game was moving further and further away from him. Um, and whether that was, um, him losing creative or, or EVP booking, uh, privileges, much like, uh, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega did, um, which pretty much it happened like well right after the that terrible end of 2019 episode of Dynamite, yeah. but um, it it just seemed like for every awesome thing he'd do, it seemed like there were just these odd things that were happening, and as the show seemingly for for me became more like an autopilot of competence, um, it seemed like you see some of the more meandering or head scratching things involving Cody and Brandy. Um, (laughs) and I, I don't know necessarily what's going on. It, it, you know, and, and the part where he would take these breaks to go and leave and, um, you know, do whatever, fulfill whatever responsibility he had for whatever TV shows he was doing. It just felt like, He's coming, he's going, he's coming, he's going, and like he did so much stuff earlier in his in his run there was like what's left now? Um like, unless you're going to the, you know remember the lightning speed that he blew through all these like angles with at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Um in there's a, there's so much talent in it or as, as entered AEW that like it could have been replen- replenished like for a, for, you know, for say what you want, but like there was with, with Adam Cole there, with um, him not doing a Moxley thing yet, with Keith Lee coming in, 
there was plenty of stuff for him to do. There's always year, they got so many wrestlers. There's years worth of stuff for everybody to do. Um, but um, the clear, I think for AEW, like everybody has their ideas of like when is a line into saying that like this is a new era, but like. Somewhere around the time CM Punk and all out or CM Punk shows up in um, in United Center and Daniel Bryan shows up at All Out in along with Adam Cole, like this series is completely different from the AEW that they, that uh, Cody was at his best at. And um, then you get to the behind the scenes stuff where his contract's up. Um, he had one year left. He had a one year option left. Um, they reached a renegotiating table and there was this in people, people have speculated and, and reported different things, but like, so I don't know what's real. I don't know what is to be believed at this point, but clearly there are part of numbers. Um, so from there, you fast forward to, he's gone now. Then, um, then you think it's like, why were they a part on numbers? And one would presume that, it would be like, well, let's look at your recent performance. Like, <laughs> so if you are a uh, a big time Cody Rhodes fan, and this may be difficult for you to like hear the rest of this segment, right? Because um, when I when I look at Cody past Full Gear 2020, he was a complete lost entity. That's when he dropped um, the belt to Darby, right? <laughs> Yes, he okay. was a complete loss in its entity. He couldn't be TNT champion forever. Um, the whole deal with him not challenging for the title, I'm going to reveal to you guys what it was. And I've talked about it for months, but now that we have his career uh, completely wrapped up like a mummy uh, in AEW. For this him, run anyway, yeah. Him not being the champion was his gimmick for AEW. This wasn't something where it was like, oh, the belt was on the table and he decided to be so unselfish, you know, that he would, you know, work with everyone else. No, the title wasn't meant for him. We've heard TK talk about his first four champions. He knew those were in the book. So Cody needed something. His whole thing was, okay, I'll just never challenge for the title then. But in doing that, we couldn't put him near uh you know anywhere near the top six because as james would bring up you know over the years he would have to lose everyone that's there right so that kind of forced him into a lower role so now he's working with you know people that are on the rise and all that right and you know i think he had mixed results with that to to be generous you know you can point at darby allen as a guy uh for him you can point at sammy even though you know sammy unhooked a belt to beat him he didn't pin his shoulders or anything um but you start looking at cody rose's match log and i just have questions like why didn't he ever want to work with moxley with hangman at some point um i and i can't you know i was telling james in the chat the other day i was like you know, we got the plan that he was never a part of. I can't just dismiss it as stupidity on Cody's part because he wasn't going to win it anyway. Like, uh, it wasn't like it was the 1970s and people were in the NBA and they they were just not shooting threes. There was no three-point line in effect for them to shoot from. Um, you know, and I think it's like really one of the biggest miscalculations ever if it was a case of him just wanting to do something to juice that one title shot that he had. 
Like, it's like, why would you like completely handicap yourself like this? And the reason why is because he was never going to get a shot. So he might as well handicap the public marketing of this whole thing was I will never challenge for the title it to gain whatever he could out of that to gain that. Hey, um, I'm unselfish and all this other stuff. Like if I was another top guy in AEW, I would be fucking furious. Like if I was Mox, I would have walked up to him and be like, so you don't want to put me over. That's what it sounds like. Um, and this whole thing where he sequestered himself in the Cody verse month after month after angle after angle would die and building after building would ju- like just die and boo him out, out of the arena from New York to Chicago to Atlanta to, <laughs> to anywhere they showed up. Atlanta being his hometown, it would just be a disaster. Um, and that goes from like him to Brandy too. it would just like feel like this part of the show that it was just like, well, what is this? Why is Arn Anderson in the ring? It it would it would be really difficult. Like if I was a Cody Rhodes fan, I would f- find like great trouble explaining this. Um, there was no Homelander gimmick. Everybody that told me, oh, this is Homelander and all this stuff. No, he came out there dressed like a slave master for months. Like and it just like he did himself in with that one promo and it only got worse. And then he's wrestling all these people and. It's just not hitting the same. He becomes stale overnight. And when he goes back to the bargaining table with TK, he's asking him, hey, you know, um, since you done took this booking power from me, I mean, can I be paid like, you know, one of these top people? And TK probably looked at him and was like, no, why would I do that? Why would I pay you like CM Punk? At this rate, I can't use you on top. You've bombed the last seven months, like creatively. I think his numbers and all that were were fine. Like I, I didn't think he was like you know. Yeah, like, his numbers always. Anything. He was all, he was regardless of how bad it ever got. He was always the people still t- treated him like a top star in the company, and like I still view him as a top star in the company too. Well, not now anymore because he's not with the company anymore. But I always, I always the whole time I was like, why is he? That's why I kept harping on it over and over and over. Why is he not mixing up with actual top guys when he really is a top guy? It made no sense to me. It was it was like, well, how are you going to fit the fit him onto the card when like you know how stacked these cards are now for uh, pay per views? Like, where are we going to put him now if he's not going to be out? Like, no, I, I, we don't have time for you versus I don't know, uh, Max Caster will be somebody bigger than Max. Has been my point. Like, we have no time for these. We don't have any time for these vanity things for you to do now just because you're a top star. Like, either. Either face somebody that people will actually care to see to be like the headline, be like the third or fourth biggest match on the card, or what are we what are we even doing here? And it's like he had no interest in facing those people, and that just leads me to question why. Like it feels like you didn't want to like do business with them, or they didn't want to wrestle you. Um, there was never a match with you know the elite uh, with, with you know Kenny versus Cody. My, yeah. I didn't want to see that match or anything, but you have to ask why it didn't happen. Right. Especially when like they're one and one against each other career wise. Right. And, and they've, they've drew against each other. Yeah. So how do you you know how people talk about like, if not for the, the Tokyo dome, Jericho, Kenny Omega match, there is no AW. Mm -hmm. There's a great argument like that. Along with that, like some of the other matches that are like in crucial for AEW to exist is that series between Kenny Omega and, and, um, and Cody. So it's mm-hmm. like it, it made no sense not to do a third one. Yeah. And I think it was like 
like like I said, this whole thing, like as far as him being a, like the star raider, I think, it, or the star creator, I think it's a bit overblown. Um, I think the suits fooled a lot of people when it came to, um, you know, people's perception of who was really in charge of what, who was responsible for what, who was the face of what. And I think maybe the political masterminds in this thing were the guys in the shorts and the tank tops rather than the dude in the suit. So, well, maybe, but maybe Cody was just so like, made such a poor mistake and such a poor miscalculation. Like I look at this stuff and I see where what's happening with the young bucks and Kenny Omega and Jericho and, 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 and Cody. I'm like, I don't think, you know, Jericho has been cycled down clearly the last mm-hmm. year. Right. Or since the summer. But you don't see him. You don't see like uh, he's about to go to he's about to go to WWE again. It, you know, and I know I'm not saying that some some uh, some big slight. Oh, my God, you're going to go and make millions of dollars per year. What a loser. No, like Cody, like there is no loser in this particularly. Uh, but it is weird. that Like this was the dude that was at the forefront of all of this rah, rah. From the AEW side of it, uh, sticking up for the for the side of the war that was coming on from WWE putting NXT on USA Network at, on in the same time slot, and to go from that where Cody's breaking thrones and he's pulling out golden shovels, and you know, and he's doing he's making all these jabs at Triple H, and he's cutting the promos about like this is the land of opportunity, this is the Ellis Island of of professional wrestling. And A lot of his stuff is going to look funny in the light. When you review it, and and now it's like, oh, so, so you're going back, you're going, you're going back from from the from from uh from the place you you uh you left, okay, so much for Ellis Island. Um, so for me, like it's just it's just really strange, and you know, like Rich, you've talked about this over the years that like you can't wait for like the two thousands, the two thousand tens era of uh of like. The diva slash woman's revolution shoot uh, shoot interviews. Yeah. Like I cannot wait for if and when there is a AEW EVP edition of uh of um of of shoot interviews because like we all we all are hearing this stuff about like well maybe he wanted more money or he wanted as much money more money than Danielson and and Punk and like that's you know that's preposterous like. No, no disrespect to Cody, but it's like the like the price that price is like not where you're at. Like that assesses his whole entire like um pay pay scale, right? Like nah, go go to WWE and get that. I'm sure they'll give you it, but um or or to talk about like the brandy stuff and how people or there are people that don't like brandy or or there are enough people that would that don't like brandy or it ends up making you know people's reporting about it and it's like okay sure like but i mean it's pro wrestling like you don't yeah, get along with everybody, everybody everybody ain't gonna like everybody yeah it um, is what it is and um the the kenny omega cody relationship is always you know something I think that comes into focus with them not working to each other. We heard the observer uh, this week, you know, Meltzer had a pretty like good column, like looking into all this. And he mentioned that, you know, Kenny Omega and Cody didn't 
really speak to each other. And this is something that Kenny verified in his interview, aside from, you know, when they did business and then, oh, that's Dave speak. And then when you think about it, hold on, they've never done business together, like in AEW. And, you know, as far as like working a program, doing a match, doing an angle, like they were far apart from each other the whole time. So that leads me to think there is no relationship. Um, And, you know, that... That Kenny Omega interview, I think it was quite telling, um, you know, the, the way he described Cody. And uh, it felt I, I, when we, we had a conversation with Floyd and he said it was a skillful political burial of Cody. And I 100 percent agree. I mean, I guess. Sure. Um, Just like I feel like Cody was taking a shot at Kenny when in his goodbye letter, Kenneth, he was writing Kenneth Omega. Right. Like Kenneth, Kenny's it's not, not his real like, name. It's not his na- real name. His name exactly. is Tyson, or, what, Tyson something. Tyson Ty- Smith. Smith. That's right. That's right. It's not his real name. Like, I mean, that's like the, it's almost like calling, um, it's almost like when Walter was calling Pete Dunn, Peter. It's like, what? Right. Um, right. I, it, you know, like they ain't got like each other. They ain't got like each other. Like this isn't this isn't this isn't like the 2008 Celtics where we're wondering how come you know where we you know we're you know me and Rich today like uh, he sent me their last night at the All Star game for the 75th anniversary of the All Star uh, of all the All Stars coming in or 75 greatest NBA players all coming together and they got their their uh, their navy blazers on and like he showed me like that you know as Ray Allen gets his name called he walks up the stage like he dances at LeBron who he won the 2013 title with but like KG like completely ignores him and then right. like people are like damn man like you ain't gonna let this go like y'all were teammates for five years like you're one of the you know like you're one of the uh in the la- in our lifetimes like one of the uh teams that are most known for how close they were at the time we get it but like y'all were together for five years let bygones be bygones and then like Rich and then Rich sent me a a, a picture of him Ray and of KG Ray and um and Paul Pierce together like backstage, so it's like maybe you know like KG is like warmed up to him and like so like I get I get that people wanted to know about like the familiar bond or the the, the close bonds of people that seem like they're tight knit or whatever. I was like that's the that's hey. the reason why like people went off on Seth in 2019 when he said that stupid stuff about Moxley. So right. in the elite, so yeah, I get like in, in itself, like this is a sad day in the uh in the history in that sense because like the elite. I feel like it's the greatest wrestling faction ever, right? When you look at the the combination of like Kenny, the Bucks, Cody, Hangman, like they changed the business. They changed how wrestling works. And then like you remove Cody out of that, you remove him like in their story, like the EVP, like they can't ever like tell any stories surrounding that, you know, until they're either back together or whatever, you know, like Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a big loss for, uh, you know, that's an era that ended kind of without really, them maximizing what it could have been in a way. Well, I don't think anybody was like, given what we've seen on the TV and seeing like they had this, like, and I told, I joke, I said this to you jokingly, like they had this like ice ribbon, like freeze out between like Sakasha Fujimoto, like their ace and like, you know, and like Risa Sarah were like, Risa Sarah's like, yeah, how come Risa Sarah's like one of the top five? How come she's never uh, in in any matches with, with, uh, with Sukasa, he's like, oh, they have beef. And Sukasa's like, nah, I'm never wrestling her again. I don't give a fuck if, I don't give a fuck if we out here, like, we don't draw on, on a, on a cork and all. We don't care. Right. Like, Kenny Omega and Cody and the Young Bucks, like, basically, like, after the pan, once the pandemic started, n- and a, they did that one rap. promo, and they did that promo where another part where, like, Cody is, you know, needling Omega, 
It's talking you know, about like you know, I, this you know, one A and all this one yeah. B star shit, and it's like and, this is and, a classic while, story. While Omega's just sitting there like not saying shit at all, he's just like you know he's trying to play cool, but like you're bringing up backstage shit to see like so yeah, I can see why you know from from the Omega perspective now that like he's gone and he left us. Might as well I, give him a little 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 kick on the way out. You yeah, know, just, like you've been giving you've been needling me all through. You've been needling me at different times. Like you know, I don't I don't think Kenny was a champion at that point in time, but he's about to be champion, and he's like uh, calling him the ace belt. He's calling himself. He's telling Darby I'm the ace and stuff. It's like what what are you doing? So yeah. so yeah, like um that that's that's a thing. That's that's a real thing. Okay, like that, that's a story. That, that's a thing that seems time. to be. That's the thing that's really going to be the, the, the sticking point of like people will really want to know over the years like what wh- how why did they not like each other what was the falling out they they did you know um, their different ideas of what pro wrestling is and what they want to portray in AEW and like how it turned out and like ultimately you look at it and it's like politically it looks like like Cody lost favor yeah um, and he's and- leaving to try to you know because he doesn't this isn't what he wants to do anymore and like look. This this is the beauty of AEW existing. If you right. don't like this, your, this if you don't like your reality, you can go change it in the over in the other place. Yeah, th- this is what we asked for, like as fans, like uh, for for the alternative, like and this is like this was this day was always going to come. I never knew it would be Cody that would leave, right? But um, back to what I was saying, like you know, with Cody and Kenny, like this is the a story as old. This this is a story as old as time. There's there's one guy that thinks he's better than the other one. The other one, like, huh? Like it, it's the same, you know, like. Like imagine, imagine you're Kenny Omega, right? Moss. Right, it's uh, imagine, already lost. <laughs> but I would say, um, I would say, no, I'm not going to bury Cody that much more. No, no, but, <laughs> no, no, no. Look, that's a lot of respect to say that that Cody is a Terrell Owens. That's what I was saying. I was like, I don't think that's he a lot of respect. T.O. No, but, but like, I remember, like, like imagine you're Kenny Omega and you're winning Match of the Year, Wrestler of the Year. That's what I'm getting. Flair at. That's says all this shit, and then you hear people or like we're comparing this guy to you. That's where I'm what? getting at. Like that's, <laughs> that's where I'm getting at with the To Randy Moss thing. Randy Moss comes in league two years after To uh, came in, and To's like you know he's behind Jerry Rice. He's the second or third guy behind JJ Stokes and and uh, Jerry Rice. He makes it. He drops that one ball in that playoff game. Makes that catch against the Niners and cries tears. And becomes a star that night. Right. But at on the other side, like the Randy Moss's rookie year is sensational, and we're like, "Yo, is this nigga Jordan playing wide receiver?" And mm-hmm. like people start making that space, and then To slowly but surely climbs up and gets to a spot where like I can make a name for myself by by comparing myself to to Jer- to uh, Randy Moss the whole time. So the first time they ever have a game against each other, where they're both actually like on some type of equal footing and seen as similar stars, Randy Moss goes out there and scores three touchdowns in a game. And then T.O.'s on the sideline blowing the on his offensive coordinator because he wasn't able to show showcase what what Randy Moss showcased. And yeah. It's yeah, like, well. that's 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 kind of what we're talking about here. Like, they're both top stars. One is clearly better at this thing from the perspective of what the fans actually want uh, or what most what brought most people to the, to the dance. And that's fine. Not everybody has the same sets of skills. Like, I wouldn't want Cody to try to come out here and try to match the years uh, doing what, uh, what Osprey or, or, you know, or Ibushi does, right? But it's different flavors. And, like, Cody for it was an essential part of the variety of AEW. But it seemed like over time that changed. And, it you know, the, billion, the billionaire who was out here watching ECW didn't want that shit no, no more. 
Yeah, like it exhaust. We, we talked about him exhausting himself, exhausting the angles. Um, you would think he, it would it would fix itself if he turns heel. He never wants to turn heel. Um, yeah, and, I, and and I think you know what do heels do at the end of the day? They lose eventually. And yep. I don't think Cody necessarily had a problem losing, but if it was a place where he would he would lose a match, he needed to have something. To what's in it for him to transition out of for him to lose, right? So like, it's it's not. I don't think he would have seen anything out of losing to a John Moxley, for example. If he loses to a Darby Allen, he can say, "Oh, I made this person." Like you know, I did this thing. I there's something in it for me. But him not working with those other top people is a flashing alarm for me. That this entire stipulation shit wasn't actually a stipulation. It was it was a work. Like (laughs) and. and then that work turned into a shoot when I I would love to know. I would love to be a fly on the wall if T, if Cody was like, uh, do you think we we're able to break the stipulation? Then TK looks at him like, no, we're not lying to our fans. Like, And then Cody's jaw dropping. Like, I, huh? I, 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 I sincerely think that Cody was trying to – and I talked to you about this um, the other day. Uh, I think that he was at the time – he saw that Jericho was had on the previous pay per view became the inaugural champion. He was like, "I'm the first challenger at the, at the first pay per view. No one's going to buy for a second, and I'm just that y'all are just going to take the belt right off of him. What am I going? And this is a hot feud. What am I going to do to get myself some juice to get people to believe? Right? And that's the magic. That's the power of the magic trick. Like you, a match a match stands to be more hyped and and, and all that kind of stuff when you have the when it's a, a person's real threat." So I, I put out that stip that, like, if I lose, I can be champion again. And people will be like, damn, maybe Cody could win. And Cody, and they went out there and they did that. And they probably sold, like, 12 more pay-per-views. <laughs> probably, probably maybe two, maybe two dozen, maybe two dozen off, off of that. And it, it did so much damage to him. And, like, yeah. they went to the, they went, you know, from that, they, they took him straight to the MJF stuff. And the MJF stuff was, was great. But then, like after MJF stuff, now what? Oh, we'll make a make, we'll make a secondary title that you can say like, is it your was own all, title. It, and, it was like, all you can, it you was can all lie part to people of the plan. That the secondary belt is is the ace belt. Yeah, and that used to drive know, me up the wall, like especially whatever, like when, when Mox was going fucking nuts in 2020 with that belt. Then Kenny had it, and then he's you know talking this ace belt shit. And I'm like, what is this? And a lot of people bought into this shit. That's what I really, don't think. Like, who? Anybody who? Oh, I I went into the Voices of Wrestling uh, forum uh, and and just just went in there after this news broke and just went in there like a bully, like just just all the all the stuff you know the, the last couple months, all the he's a genius stuff and all this. There's a massive he turned heel already, like all that stuff. They had to feel it. They had to feel it because my, my he never turned. Is, there was never a flashpoint. There mm-hmm. was there was never a genius. There was no story behind this. This was someone who was getting booed. Didn't know what to do. Didn't want to turn. Didn't want to turn for reasons, which mm-hmm. one day will be explained. Which I what I heard can was look that he at a couple doing things. charity work, and I was like, dude, we know. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah, it, it's fake, right? Like, like no, like someone's gonna get the real story why he didn't want to turn. And I just look. It, it's like a. Uh, it's like a goddamn. Uh, algebra problem like what is X so I'm when I saw for X it's like oh you don't want to lose at the end of the day to these other top people that's why you won't turn oh okay because the second you turn you obviously shoot up the card a little bit and then you can work with all the other baby faces that are hot like Mox like Danielson at the time like Punk, Page, like Paige yeah like or you know 
all the new people that are coming in, like Adam Cole with his unit, stuff like that. You can, you can fuck with all those guys, but no, we can't do that. Like, and I, I think there's a there's a lot behind this. Uh, I I would thank Cody for like you know what he did put into the promotion. Like he did, um, you know, try, help certify Darby for sure. And he had a he had a a run outside of WWE from 2016 to 2022 that anyone leaving WWE would dream of. Like yeah. So like I don't want to make it like you know I don't want to go full gimmick on it and like make it like he's just the worst person that's entered the business. He annoyed me, frustrated me at times, and I always tried to evaluate him fairly. Like when I was speaking seriously about it, and I don't feel like I was wrong for for a lot of the stuff I was saying with him. It was just like I thought his ability like was was lacking compared to you know some of the best wrestlers in the world. Is that such a crime? Like, I don't, I don't think so, but, um, I, I, and I feel like, you know, if the, the going to WWE part of it, he's like, all right, if I can't, you know, have this, this, what was, you know, promised to me or whatever, you know, I'll go there and turn my brain off for the, you know, for the X amount of dollars or whatever, and have less pressure or whatever. But this isn't a move that he wanted to make. He wanted to be an agent. And I don't know where it all went wrong, but uh, well, I mean, you know, if if he's going to lose and be in the middle or have to do something, he's going to do it in WWE because he always wanted to be in a top star in WWE. He wrestled like he was from WWE the whole time. So, so, um, now, now, now that now that's part that's interesting, more interesting to me now is like, all right, you know, eventually that was the point of this, like. People don't have to move back and forth, and like the whole part is like the cycling part where people are going back and forth, and it's a lot of people. Like it ain't just you know fifty people going from WWE to AEW, and the only one and the Cody only be one person. Like uh, hell of a trade. I'll make that trade any day. <laughs> get rid of a max contract to get more flexibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be like it's like hey. Like let's get a Westbrook and let's add a let's add an Alex Caruso. <laughs> look, look, nah, this is a, this is a classic NFL Herschel Walker style deal. Be like, oh, we'll give you Cody. We'll go ahead and take back all these people. So, <laughs> and, oh, and we'll get niggas to come out of retirement too, like CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Cody Rose is going back to WWF or WWE in like. He's he's obviously getting paid top money, but and the funny thing for me is like I hear Alvarez and Meltzer and uh, Keller, and they're all like, "Oh, they're gonna push to the top because like because X, Y, and Z." Meaning like they got they finally got them, their own guy. They only, they finally got one of W one of AW's guys. He knows all the secret rest. He knows all the recipes, right? In theory. Um, the strategic play of if we bury that dude, then they'll make less likely he'll they'll make it less likely they'll get anybody else that they may want, like a MGF Wardlow or I don't know, uh, Sammy, uh, somebody they would actually want this as a right size, right? Uh, in the future, like th- as a three year play, it's smart to actually treat him and keep him uh, at a yeah. certain level, right? Um, I hear all that. But doesn't I, I, this company shoot themselves in the foot all the time? And that's where I was getting at. Like, this is also oh, okay. a company that is paying Rey Mysterio 
top star money and look what the fuck he's done ever since he came back. This is this also the company that is about to do title versus title with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns as a let's see um 2012 so uh 13 14 15 16 17 18 19 20 21 22 as a 10 year like uh like chain reaction of bad booking that dates back to when they brought Brock Lesnar back at Extreme Rules 2012 and he lost his first fucking match to John Cena <laughs> so it's a straight line you can so, draw so if you're telling me that they will not, they will, you know, they will treat Cody like he's AJ Styles in, in his first year. Could be, could be, but if you're acting like there, there's no way they would just, you know, like, push him a little bit history. and beat him. You're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> like if it was me, he would. AJ be Styles like- was his first pay per view or his first single to to, to Jericho. Mm-hmm. Why his first one to Jericho after he came to the company like in four, three months or whatever. Why? He then became the man after that. Why? Um, it's gonna be interesting to this see, is a, see whatever happens. This is a company who who has uh a lot of their key fan base telling me that Seth Rollins is super unappreciated and is is like a top star in all this, and then he just got fucking destroyed with like five other or four other guys in Elimination Chamber uh just this weekend by Brock Lesnar, like fucking geek. Who looks ass out in the winter uh, with no coat for WrestleMania unless he uh, is going to wrestle uh, Cody? That that's my match for Seth Rollins would be Cody, like, and he has to stand up for WWE. But then like Cody needs to like fucking bl- blow through him. Like that's that's what I would do. It, but they you should know. have a suit match. Oh my god, good suits versus bad suits. Yes, Cody would. Cody would. It's crazy. Cody with his goofy wrestling but good suits versus Seth with his good wrestling but goofy suits. Go figure. It's like a duality. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, man, I... If you don't think they'll fuck up Cody Rhodes, like, I'm not saying they will, but if you think they won't, like, it's impossible. Man, they fuck, they fuck up tons of people all the time. Yeah. yeah. Look, look, they look, just, look. They fucked up Roman Reigns for years and years and years and bro. years and years. Bro. And he, they wanted to push him. They wanted to make him the star. They just beat Bobby Lashley's ass in a match so that the mat, he could win it by the help of Roman Reigns. And in that match, he separates his shoulder, fucks up his shoulder, and then they fly him all months later, like a month later, they fly him all the way to the other continent so that he can have a fake concussion so he can then leave instead of just saying, hey, bruh. Shoulders fucked up. You saw him. Du- you saw him get dumped on the shoulder like half a dozen times. His shoulders right. fucked up. Incredible. Okay, Cody. Good luck, man. Wish you the best. And look, yeah. he look at the end of this. He can always come back. He can always come back. Yeah. Um. I expect him to come back. Maybe. Um. I, I'm. I'm interested to see. Like you know, they handled it in a very professional front-facing manner. But like James said, the stories will continue to come out. Um, there's a story that will continue to follow. Um, I, if you guys didn't hear uh, Kenny's like Observer radio interview, he had dropped some very, you know, like put your put your conspiracy, your One Nation radio brain on, and then like listen to that and tell me how that shit sounds. Like, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's quite amazing. Um, he also 
like, remember when we heard that deadline, or he said, like, he's trying to come back in February, and I remember saying to you, like, he ain't come back in no damn February, and sure enough, like, he, he, we're now in February, and he's still at most, like, eight, at, at the earliest eight weeks away, so, mm-hmm. there's that, too, so, see, so at like, <laughs> probably double or nothing, if that. One would hope, one would hope, um, he's, he's, uh, you know. He's in the situation next, so like he he's, his years his deal's up for a year from now. So hopefully, yeah. you know we'll we'll see how TK operates then when it's time. Because <laughs> like you, you start thinking about these deals and all that and how they were all set up, and you figure the timing of the next you know TV contract. Their TV contract is the end of 2023. Kenny's deal will comes up in February 2024. Feels like there'll be a lot of fresh money available. So maybe on that end, he won again. So who knows. Yeah, but you know he wrestles. Bull- he wrestles blow up dolls, so he has no idea what he's doing. Correct. He's, Correct. You know. All right. Look, so, look, what's next? Excuse me. Like the the there'll probably be a negotiation season as they are uh, as his contract's expiring. So yeah, yeah. So man, who knew? Political mastermind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what's next on the list? I forgot what I sent you. So we got Dynamite, Rampage, Revolution. Uh, we got Elimination Chamber, WrestleMania 38. Okay. And then, of course, you know, we got the big news over yeah, Stardom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, this week in AEW, so I, my mind, my mind's toast right now. This fucking show was, like, one of the best Dynamites right. that, like, has happened. In, it's not like, a perfect game. Ever. It basically yeah. was a perfect game. Except for, like, yeah. maybe the... F- if the you're like me, super, yeah. If you're unless you're like me, that's like super critical of like fuck finishes like that and, and interference in in main event matches. Outside of that, like this was every every segment was good or great. Yeah, it it was um like there was like a point to be proven. It felt like uh, AW they didn't <laughs> run from Cody at all. They were like, yeah, you know, Cody Rose was in the first dog collar match. Like we can start with that. CM Punk cuts a promo. And he ends it with, like, be my Valentine. And, you know, I know where it's going. He's got a box in the ring the whole time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, is that is his promo written on that or something? Like, I was like, you know, I, I didn't He's know. He's like the rock. It's a little box out of his arm. Yes. I was like, what is this? And then he cuts an excellent promo. Uh, they pull out the, the dog collar match. I figured that's where it was going a couple months ago. And they're going to beat the shit out of each other, hopefully. Because, you know, this ain't the most physical matchup in the world, uh, MJF and CM Punk, but um, they're going to bleed for sure. We're going to be there. That's going to be a pretty uh, high-profile matchup. Very excited to see it. Yeah, I thought so you get, get to see amazing. me probably roll my eyes in person. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I love the promo. I was bummed when I saw it was a dog collar. Um, eh, whatever. Like, I'm sure they'll have a good match. Like, they just had a match that was more than just good, but... Um, I like enough of the fucking great hammer Valentine tributes. Like the dude was mid. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure Josh is going to hear this and he's going to argue with me about about how good he was when he was in the territories or whatever else before he got to WWE or whatever else. But I don't give a fuck. Like the dude, the dude has that one match to his name. That's funny. You know, great. They always say Greg Valentine used to take a while to warm up to get started. You know, in, in his uh, in his matches. So uh, because they, the shits would go so long, and 
Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, also, just to give you all the heads up, I don't give a flying fuck about wrestling before 1992, to be honest with you. Like, I'll watch some matches, like, like for example, I can watch, like, Bret Hart and, and Mr. Burt from, from 91 SummerSlam and be like, that's a good-ass match. But, like, overwhelmingly, unless you're talking about, like, one of the best matches of, of, of its year, like, I, I tend to watch those matches, like, oh, what, like, show me the 100th best match in, in like, 84, I'll be like, oh, it's fine. Like, it's too yeah. much, like, the, the wrestling has, the wrestling is, it, the wrestling, they're not working for me. They're working for my parents. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, we had Tony Schiavone backstage with uh, Christian and Jurassic Express. Uh, Jungle Boy said he enjoys three-way matches, and he's no stranger to win the Battle Royal. Kind of looks at Christian. Um, and then, you know, they say there's a three-way uh, tag match. They announced some Battle Royals between this week and next week, so there are going to be two of them. Uh, each, you know, person that wins will be popped in that three-way match uh, yeah. at Revolution. So, yeah, the I, last uh, tag Battle Royal they did, uh, it was like two years ago, I remember. Um, or the one on Dynamite two years ago, the one the Bucks won, was fucking excellent. So, um, hopefully that they and they go in that... Um, you know, Lane with it. Yeah, I don't know why they're doing two of them. They just did one and basically treated how they do the uh, the belt or the, the last um, two. The, yeah, where they do the uh, the the MJF the ring. Yeah, just like last two make it whatever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, like I, looking at the card, like there's no way that it's not like Red Dragon in the Young Bucks, right? That's what I would think it is. But I think you got to also look at Santana and Ortiz. So. Um, Okay, if they get in, who would be the third team out of uh, who would be the sec- the third team then? I feel like unless you you come up with another few for the Bucks that quick, like the only other thing I don't know. I feel like it's got to be those two. But um, Santana and Ortiz just got the big win over Jericho, like they pinned Jericho. We'll talk about it later in this. But um, yeah, I'm still kind of I'm still I don't know. Like I'm unsure. Well. The reason why I think you can hold off on um, Santana Ortiz is like, all right, so how long are, how long are Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus going to be the tag champs? We don't know. All right, so I think in theory, um, if Santana Ortiz are going to challenge for the titles, like who who would make the most sense for them to challenge? Like who makes who makes who would be the best opponents as champions against them besides the young bucks? Obviously, not not saying like just from a best match standpoint. It just means like as far as like where we're going. Like I, it might be Red Dragon. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like you know, but then again, like watch it be like FTR and Santana and Ortiz and make it or something. Watch and then like they'll do Red Dragon and um, Young Bucks then on the card. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I mean, those seem like the four clear choices that can ever that can even win a slot on this. Yeah. So, but either way, like it's gonna be a great match because it's gonna be six dudes that are can wrestle all wrestle or six teams that are gonna wrestle their ass off or three teams that are gonna wrestle their ass off. So we have Brian Danielson and Lee Moriarty. This match was fire. Um, shouts out to my man True God, who they played his uh, version of Lee Moriarty's theme from the Who We Are album uh, out to the ring. And he, um, Lee Moriarty, this is the best he's looked. A lot of people have talked very highly of Lee Moriarty. I haven't been as familiar with his work. I didn't really think he um, uh, went off and again, uh, I didn't really think he went off in the way he should have against CM Punk. Like as far as like, you know, uh, like Lee was really talking about Lee Moriarty once the match was over. But this one was like, I thought a little bit better. And like, um, if I have one critique of him, I just think he needs to hit people harder. 
But I felt like Danielson was hitting him way harder than Lee was hitting him. I think so, that was the point. Yeah. Uh, but I love this match. Like, this was awesome. Yeah. Uh, this match was a blast. I think um, in regards to the uh, Punk match, like, it had its moments. It just wasn't as good. And, I mean, we got to be, I mean, we can gotta cut, start cutting the shit with this. Like, Danielson's a whole other level to see him Punk as a worker. And yeah. no, I don't think you're disagreeing with that. I think you're 100% agreeing with, with that. But it's just like, yeah, the the mat, people want to see CM Punk win and, and, and do his stuff and or whatever else. And like, not, not much has changed in his act or whatever else. So, like, people want to see that with him. But Danielson is like, people ain't seen him do this and, and be a buzzsaw for, for a long time. So, like, I, I think that there's also that at play. Um, and, you know... Like their their games more naturally mesh. Like they're both super technical wrestlers. So um, yeah, I, I thought like as you mentioned, like I, I love the match. Um, I actually probably one of the few matches I'll probably try to rewatch. Uh, you know, uh, but um, yeah, it was it was great. It was great. Um, you know, and you know as as Brian has done of late, like slap on the guillotine. Not, and sorry, uh, not guillotine. Triangle uh, slap sleeper. on the triangle, and then starts flexing. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's Moriarty's look. So, uh, after the match, like Danielson said, that he fought Moriarty because he wanted to show him a thing or two about violence. Yes. One, one, thing, one, one thing also. Get yeah. this man to Japan, please. You know he wants to do it. You see how he fucking wrestles. That dude wants to be in Japan. Yeah. Um, At least heard, for a stint. Yeah, he's, he's got to get sent over there somewhere. Like, let, let him let, send him with Eddie Kingston. Like, let, yeah. let them both yeah. live, live yeah. their dreams. Yes. Yes. So, um, then, uh, you know, he asked about John Moxley and then Moxley came out and, uh, he said he wants an answer from Moxley and Mox came out. Mox talked about the first time that him and Danielson were in a wrestling ring together. Uh, Mox said he came up short, but you know, he was just like Lee Moriarty. He wanted to take it to Brian Danielson, who was the best wrestler in the world and the whole locker room scared of Danielson, but he's excited to, uh, get a chance to face him. Finally. Um, he listened to what Danielson had to say and he's admitted that it would be awesome for him to team up. But then, you know, the other voice thought maybe this guy is scared to face me. And, um, this whole thing was like, you know, he talked about the chemistry and the indie match they had, um, or, you know, they talked about the indie match they had and Brian Danielson coming straight off the plane, which I read about in Danielson's book. So all this stuff is like very familiar for me. Um, and he's basically said, Hey, I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying no, but I ain't going to team with you unless I bleed with you. So like, yeah. I'm very excited. That seems like that locks in Danielson and Moxley and Stone, at least as a match um, for Revolution. But um, it still still keeps the hope alive of like some, you know, super aggressive, uh, you know, unit with those two. Yep. 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 I, 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 um, that'll probably be my, my most anticipated match of uh, of the card. Danielson and Moxley. Yeah. Mm. So we got to keep. Oh, good. No, go ahead. I was gonna say we got Keith Lee uh, on a, on a video promo. He said he cuts a he cuts about being a face of the revolution ladder match. He cut back. We got Warlow against Max Caster. Uh, Caster was flying all over the ring for Warlow in this thing. Warlow turned up the uh, the violence on his power bombs like I like I had asked for. So shouts out to the to the big uh, you know the War Dog. Uh, Warlow ends up. Were you about to call him the Big Low? <laughs> yeah, the Big Low. You know. You know, big low. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Warlow's in. Um, and then, you know, we can kind of fast forward here. Uh, Rampage, like Hobbs gets in. And all of a sudden, you see what's coming into focus. Hoss ladder match. 
Yeah, um, I'm surprised that uh, I'm surprised that Dante didn't get in because I would love to have seen him in it. But yeah. um, maybe he finds another way. He maybe he finds a way to bag Dorn's way in it. Like I, I don't know. We'll see what happens with the rest of the lineup. But like, we start new, now that we have like the bases, we need some flyers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we got uh, backstage. Uh, Mercedes Martinez uh, is with Britt Baker, Rebel Jamie. Uh, Baker tells Mercedes, "You better not lose." And after tonight, it's undeniable she'll be the most powerful woman in pro wrestling with the best squad. Then all of a sudden, fucking John Kreese comes in. Cobra Kai never dies. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, I I had seen them, you know, in some appearance before together. Mm. So. Um, Brit asked uh, John Kreese, what happens if Martinez loses? And Cobra uh, uh, Kai fucking John Kreese says, uh, you know what to do, finish her. And, he should have said sweep the leg, but he did say yeah. mercy. Yeah. Um, so after that, we had uh, Adam Page out, and he was going to say something, and then Cole interrupted. And then Cole talked about his Texas death match with uh, Lance Archer. Uh, Cole congratulated Page on retaining uh, the belt. And listed off, you know, all the matches that Paige has had, which have been awesome. And um, after that, he said Paige has kind of earned himself the right uh, to call himself the world champ. And he's, but Cole said he's been world champion ever everywhere he's been. And then as a shame, his reign will be ending so soon. Um, you know, NXT's not a world title, Adam Cole, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Cole says it was you defended know, in Japan. So by Caleb logic, it is a world title. Uh, Just like uh, seven stardom titles, apparently. So. Um, you know, Cole says that, you know, he hasn't been around his so-called friends in months. Ask him what kind of friend is he? And, you know, uh, Paige says he's not perfect. And he tells Cole that he doesn't have the best record with friends either. Uh, you know, because Cole is an asshole. Uh, Certified fuck nigga. Yep. Uh, Paige says he has some regrets and made some mistakes, but the more he thinks about it, Cole stepping into him, a ring with him is the biggest one that he's made. Um, after that, you know, Cole was like, yo, I know you've gotten good, but now that I'm here and is, you know, you're going to be known as the other Adam, like any other promotion we've been in together. And Paige is like, man, fuck all this. I'm taking the, taking the belt, you know, throwing the belt in the corner, undoing the cufflinks. Let's run it. Really ain't got too much time to, to back and forth with you and yap. But uh, after that, Cole's like, hey, man, you know, why are you so crazy, essentially? And, um, you know, is a he gives him a handshake, a quick made a best man win. He walks out, music hits, then all and it's like, hold on, what's going on here? And then mm-hmm. you know, them them goblins from Red Dragon come out, start whooping Paige's ass like he stole something. Uh, the Adam Cole runs in, they 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 give him the the beat down. Uh, whenever I think of uh you know these these style beat downs, I think about like when. Johnny Gargano got turned on and then like they started fucking Chompa up right next to him and it was like they just didn't miss a beat. That shit was hilarious. Um it wasn't to that level. He's all he's all with Fit Bell gave him that uh, that, that, yes. the, the, yeah, that the kick. You know. And then they were like, oh no. <laughs> like we still have business to tend to here. So um after that, the whole dark order comes out, 10 starts clearing it off. Were, security. They were his ass so bad. Bro, they fucked Chabo up. Yes, oh my did. god! <laughs> but um, ten comes out. Uh, I think this is a solid segment. Uh, I, you know, I it, given like you know, Red Dragon that gets like Dark Order involved, Red Dragon involved. Um, I'm excited for the match and hope to see a little bit more. 
Yeah, and also, like, hopefully that means we'll get, like, a Red Dragon versus Silver Reynolds match, which would be great. So, because, um, yeah. you know, they kind of need some tune-ups because, like, uh, O'Reilly was gone because, you know, he just had a child, or his, his uh, he just ha- had a child, so he didn't have a child, but somebody had a child would have his DNA, so. Um, yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I- I'm with it. Uh, I thought the, I thought that the, you know, 10, like, destroying <laughs> um, the guards was kind of funny looking, but outside of that, it was fine. Yeah. Um, More instead of pole and 10, um, on there uh, for Rampage. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. Some also chop on Raw. He was, he's been yeah. on Raw before. He's completely dyed his beard. <laughs> they told me to get rid of that old man look. Yeah, he was yep. on, um, he was doing commentary, I think, um, a couple weeks ago. Um, I think it was with, I think it was the setup something with Miz. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, but he was on Raw, he was on Raw doing commentary like two, three weeks ago. So, uh, up next, we had a match I was looking forward to. The Inner Circle explodes. Chris Jericho and Jake Hager against Santana and Ortiz and James. I have to pull the cigar out. I have to pull it out. And I have to let people know. And you know what? I'm going to have to zoom on this one. So, so get your tape decks ready like they used to say for Lloyd Banks. Oh, my God. Never. And I mean <laughs> Never. In your goddamn natural life, count out Chris Jericho ever. I don't care how, how old he gets. I remember when it went in 2016, he was talking about Rudy Tootie Booty, and everybody was saying maybe he's past it then. And then what happens? He turns, figures it all out. People was trying to throw dirt on Jericho for for months. They talking about how NBA, you know, the people of NBA Twitter roasted him. Uh, who gives a fuck what they're talking about? Because like honestly, if they haven't seen the man in twenty years, obviously he's gonna look different. He's he's fifty years old. So what did Jericho decide to do? He went in the gym. He trained like a madman. He basically started working on you know you know his core and his changed his diet and everything else. And he comes back dynamite. And he is in excellent condition. He's 51 years old, I believe. And he's just going to keep being fucking Chris Jericho. So uh, what you, you may not like his, his politics. You may not like, you know, what he does outside the ring. You know, but when it comes to this business, <laughs> you can never, and I mean never, write off Chris Jericho. He will always, always be valuable. <sighs> okay, so. Fuck. I feel like I've been holding that one in for a while. Okay, so I wrote him off because... This shit rules. Because it seemed like he was at a point to where he wasn't taking care of his body well enough to to be able to do this at a high level anymore. And his matches had suffered. That's inarguable, right? Right. But, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, there were pictures floating around of him with just like a jacket. And I was like, he looks leaner. And people were like, well, it might just be the jacket because, like, Jericho looks good in the jacket. And then he shows up um, last week and, like, it's noticeable. Like, he looked like uh, <laughs> Josh's, Josh from Keep It Short Style's girlfriend uh, made a joke that maybe he went and got the, uh, the the lipo sculpting. Yeah. You know, like, Mr. My- like he went to Mr. Miami and got hit, you know, doop, doop, you know. Yeah. Um, but. You look at it, and you can look at like you can look at his shoulders and his arms, and you know, and his and his chest is like, nah, he's he's a slim, he's just slim. So Sam said the rich ladder zoom, the opposite of the rainmaker zoom. 
you know, you got to zoom in on right. this one. Right. So, yeah, he clearly had lost weight. Like, I, I mean, I wonder how much it has to do with the fact that, um, because, you know, hair looked great too. So, like, maybe, you know, maybe Jericho partook in, in the fight camp. I made, I, I made the joke, like, fight camp Jericho. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hair like, looked great too. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's what it was. But either way, like, I wrote him off because I never thought he was, like, I never thought he was going to put in that work. And I remember, and I got to eat crow on this, as Josh from Keeping the Strong Salad had said months ago, like, Jericho could lose his weight. And I was like, nah, man, he's, that man living good. He, he He's, he you know, he's kind of wrapping this up. But, you know, like, there seemed to be, there seemed to be some money available for him to get. Uh, so <laughs> it seems that that man has uh, has gotten himself in the, in, in the shape to, you know, come pick up that hey, money that's, hey, that's you, from that slot that's available. So, also. yeah. You you see what he did like the second after all this this um news broke. What that man do on the next show? He did a clean job just to show everybody that hey, I am I am available and ready to work <laughs> with whoever. I'm about to what makes Santana a goddamn star. Yes, yeah. Like, so so Jericho, yeah, man. always ahead. So he did. I mean, he was um him and Santana were were great throughout the match. Um, Jericho was in it for most of it, and then he ended up getting uh getting pinned. Um, so Santana and I mean that's obviously the biggest one they've had in AEW is a pin Jericho, either one of them. So that was cool. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a real good match. Uh, Eddie Kingston was out there. They did like a little like pull apart with him and Jericho, and they're finally going to speak to each other uh, this coming week. Sign me up. So um, after that, we had a no DQ match for Mercedes Martinez and Thunder Rosa, and goddamn another one, um, Thunder Rosa is doing is wearing the fucking kill bill outfit while the fucking cobra kai you know no mercy shit here and it's almost like kill brit essentially <laughs> and it's like i'm gonna go through all your i'm gonna execute all your fucking henchmen to get to you and uh thunder and mercedes i i was very happy with this match um there they had a one part that was a little weird with uh, the slide down the table, it still broke at the bottom, but I don't think they hit it the way they wanted to. But yeah, uh, there was a sick like uh, German suplex in the corner that I really thought was great. Um, that Mercedes gave to Thunder, Thunder Rosa. Oh, the, Thunder. the Daniel Bryan spider deal on yeah. top rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this whole thing, like, um, I, I seen, I saw people like, you know on Twitter that apparently they didn't understand this Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa like storyline has literally been happening since December. And right. it just it's like what television are you watching? Like I don't understand like if you think uh the announcement of Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker uh had no like either story or build behind it, I would advise you to actually watch the promotion. Like we I talk, don't know. We what talked about this like about. we we talked about this what for like maybe like three or four minutes about like how deft it was and how smart it was and how like like when they added Mercedes and like this was what like two weeks ago three weeks ago yeah this was like three weeks ago we talked about this yeah like and then we were saying we, we can draw the line directly yeah, to the TBS as, tournament right she was like I I paid you not to or to to beat Rosa not beat her up because I need her to drop the standings yeah yep. uh, I don't know whatever yeah yeah so you know there, there's lots of bad lots of bad accounts. You know, I actually like had went back on now. I saw it and I was like, oh, he deleted tweet. Gotcha. I was like, what are you saying, man? Like, it, I don't know. It's weird. But yeah. this match ruled. Uh, Thunder ended up getting a win. Fire Thunder driver on the chairs. Um, well, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, kind fire of Thunder driver word. Like, I just land flat on my ass and your head don't come nowhere near these chairs. And I don't look. I'm fine with that. But like, just do it from behind. Like when they do. Uh, who was it? Deadshot. 
like people's heads don't hit on Deadshot yeah. when uh, Adam Page does it because we don't see it. It's behind. Yeah. Um, the uh, after that, uh, Britt Baker comes out and walks up to uh, John Kreese, who's ringside, and he basically tells her to finish, finish her. And uh, you know, prior to that, uh, Thunder Rosa has shown Mercedes Martinez respect. They were shaking each other's hands, essentially, and. The rest of the goons got in and they wanted Mercedes to finish the job, essentially. But they, and she and Britt gave um, Mercedes the pipe and Mercedes held the pipe and hesitated with the pipe. So um, Rel, or what's her, what's her name? Jamie Hader basically just lays out Mercedes, who was holding the pipe, drops the pipe and uh, the pipe just land, you know, on the ground after that. And um it's a beat down with all British unit, the the doctor's office, uh, you know, beating the hell out of Mercedes and Rosa. And you think there's maybe going to be a tag match with Jamie Hayter and Britt, probably against Rosa and uh, Mercedes Martinez. Yes. Um, bear with me one second. All right. So uh, going from the Thunder Rosa and Britt and you talking about pipes, um, where do you want to go from here? Like, I, I you know, um, we're getting the match. We're finally getting the match of Thunder Rosa and um, Britt at Revolution. But what do you think is left for this story to, uh, you know, f- as a build? Uh, I think you got to do a tag match. Uh, Thunder Rosa okay. and uh, Mercedes, like they're them kind of showing the love to each other. You know, this is, uh, you know, Mexico coming together with Puerto Rico. We don't see that often. So, um, <laughs> you know, they got to link up and was, fight these the, white women. The funny you know. part about it is like, I was thinking about that when they arrest each other the whole time. Yeah, I'm like, this Puerto Rico versus Mexico. Yes. That's what I was thinking that the whole time. Yes. So uh, they can fight the white women and then like, you know, uh, Thunder can pin Jamie Hayter again and do a promo segment, and then they can finally kind of tell each other how they feel about each other, and um, they can talk about or, or Rose can finally pull out that you know I was the one that actually fucking won that match, and, and all you did was fucking benefit from it and everything like that, and I hold this ring, and I want your ass, like, and you know everyone goes up, and you know we see the titles change in person. Okay. Um, so, uh, what was the next after that? I know there was a Malachi Black deal, um, maybe yeah, not right after, but it was in between the main event. He said, he said he's got a new person. Uh, a lot of people are thinking it's going to be Buddy Matthews. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, another good worker to come into the fold. So, can't have too many of those. Um, so, think about that he, unit to be Black, Matthews, and Brody King. That's a nice trios unit right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got to get, tri- we got to get these trios titles off the ground. Really it's do. time. It's yeah. time. I mean, it's past time, but yeah, like, um, like maybe they're saving it for when Omega comes back, so you can do the elite, um, you know, elite versus like you know, undisputed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but or maybe not doing that specifically just for the titles, but like put them all in the tournament is what I mean. Um, right. But yeah, it's, it's beyond time, and like, uh, Buddy, you know, Buddy's a good ass wrestler, uh, but like. If you're Tony Nese and you're like, okay, you signed me, and then you're also bringing in Buddy, you're also bringing in Buddy. It's like, well, I, I feel like you got to pick. One, I feel like Tony Khan should have picked one or the other, but not both. Because <laughs> um, it's redundancy. I, no, I, no yeah, offense, but you know, what I mean, like body, bo- like body guys that are good ass wrestlers, like that. Um, 
lack or lack in the conventional charisma thing and are going to be like in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't know. Like, uh, I guess this is a good time to talk about the death of two Oh five live, how it doesn't exist anymore. Um, well, yeah, I mean this, uh, you know, I, I made the joke that like when they signed him, uh, buddy, that I was like, okay. So it's like, Oh, so I see what's happening. Like, he is signing all of all of Triple H's former champions. And like, look, I got to say, I love it. I love it. Sign them all. Sign them all. Had Leo Rush. Look, when 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 does when does Phantasma and in uh, them uh become available? Because they ain't they have to do nothing with them. So <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, um Sam says, "Who is the greatest 205 live wrestler?" There's only one answer to this, Sam. Mustafa Ali. Yeah. Like um you know, I and mean, the other, I, I, I mean, uh, the other one is Pack, right? But, be like, I mean, the Mount Rushmore, if you will, would be like a, would be like Mustafa, uh, Pac, Cedric, Cedric, uh, Pack, and, and then Murphy. probably in. Sorry, and Murphy. Yeah, oh, that's Mur- probably the four. It's probably yeah, the four. Murphy, uh, Cedric, Pack, and Mustafa. Yeah, that'd be the four, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Um, Damn straight, Area Davari. Look, notice they didn't sign him. They didn't. They didn't. He uh, showed up brought for one match. I, I think he's worked dark again too, though. Um, oh, nice. So no, no Enzo. Definitely not. No, oh, no, gu- no Gulak. I no, forgot about uh, Gulak's probably just on the outside. A lot of people like Gulak, but I don't think he ever like really got the the run with the belt per se. That was you know, and, mm-hmm. and then you start. You know, I always liked Tony Nese. I thought he was great. Yeah. And, but, um, yeah, so we had Jay White after cut a promo uh, on his match about uh, Trent Beretta basically introducing himself and uh, going through oh, you know, his, we his highlight reel. We got to stop the chat. Uh, look, 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 I'm sorry. Look at the chat. Hold on. What is it saying? I clicked on someone's name. Oops. Enzo has gotten juicy lately. Hey man, you can't be typing that in here. <laughs> no, no disrespect. I ain't trying to be. I'm not trying to be like a homophobic. Or whatever. I was like, no, no, I don't need to hear. I, I don't need to hear about Enzo and Mori being juicy. Like, I, 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 nah. Let, let, was funny. We got. We got. We only put a stop to that right now. We <laughs> barely, I barely. I barely. I barely even want to talk about Enzo. Even mention him by name. He was hard juicy. All right, man. Let's continue. Continue. That's funny. You knock that off. I can't zoom. I can't zoom, but you knock that off. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Rich. Let that ride, you know. Um, oh, okay. He said, my bad. I was making a Roy joke. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm messing with you. I'm not serious. I don't care. I'm messing with you. <laughs> so, up next, we got, it was it was time for Pillarism. That's right. Pillar- Darby <laughs> Allen versus Sammy Guevara. I'm always excited when the Pillars lock up. I was I was... And this show has been like phenomenal to this point. I was like yeah. happy to see these two dudes come out there, and it's like, yo, let's fucking go. And they fucking they go for it, like pretty much like the it was like a maybe like a twenty minute match, or, or no, maybe not that even that long, like a seventeen was, minute match, yeah, and like, it was 15, like in the fifteen range, and, and like sixteen and a half of those minutes was just like balls to the wall, like yo, we're competing for it in and out the ring, like we're competing like. You know, trying to trying to basically like carve a spot and like you know have a great TNT title match, and uh, I think this was this match was put on for a reason. 
Yeah, um, this is a great match. I think I like their their pay per view match uh, from was that last year? Beginning of last year? Two years ago. Oh, two years ago. Like I think I like that match more. Mm-hmm. Um, but this match is great still. Um, I mean, the only thing the only thing I have about it is I I just hated the finish at the end. But you know, they had to do what they had to do. Yeah, it, it was. Um, it was very NXT. It was very Triple H NXT. Uh, no, of was, this finish. It, it was it was going at it like just tons of creative spots all over this thing and in the ring out the ring uh on the apron anything like i will watch these guys like wrestle for years and years these are these are rlpw uh certified guys here these are one nation radio athletes you know that were that was drafted by us so you know having the vision you know on our side did we draft very last year we sure did. Oh, yeah, did. With, with Jericho, right? We had a tag team. That's right. That's we right. We sure did. That's right. And we have, lost. Have the vision. third. Unbelievable. Shouldn't have lost. Yeah. Don't worry. We're going to stuff the ballots next time. Like, we're going we gonna to make sure the, the where, nation shows where, up to vote. Where did where did Sheree finish in Observer uh, um, Best Seventh Wrestler? Or, excuse me, she finished seventh in Flair Thez. Yeah. 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 Man. We'll, 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 we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Don't worry. Oh, Don't yeah. you worry. We'll, don't yeah, you worry. Don't too. you worry. Yeah. Um, Sammy ends up getting the win after the interference with Andrade. Andrade gets in after he's got the belts. Uh, Matt Hardy's attacking him. Uh, there was a there was a funny thing that happened with Matt Hardy uh, <laughs> earlier in the night. Um, I think it was. Um, oh no, it wasn't that week. It was a different week. He walked. It was. He the walked he out on private week. party. Yeah, yep, he yep, walked yep. out on private party. So mm-hmm. something, to, something to keep an eye on. Erratic yep. behavior. Have yep. you seen those dates? Um, about Jeff Hardy. The, the, those dates of of Team Extreme together, uh, like working like Northeast Wrestling and whatnot. Warming up. You yeah. know, we call those we call those um you know tune up matches. Yeah. You know, trying to take this show back on the road and draw. <laughs> 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 um. Yeah, man. Um, Rampage. Rampage was an awesome show, too. Fun show, um, yeah. So this one was on at 7 p.m. Um, there was, to begin the night, what opened this show? I don't remember. Oh, uh, no. I don't remember what opened the show. All right, it is slipping my, my mind. But... Um, Great show. What started? Don't remember. Don't remember. <laughs> um I, and the sad thing is, I don't remember either. And I'd write down the notes for all these fucking shows, uh, or not the notes for like, uh, oh, uh, um, Dante Marvel versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Oh, okay. I no, I'm sorry. That was no, the no, that's, no, that's second match. Uh, ten versus uh, versus Cole. That's right. Um, so ten and Cole go at it. Um, this was okay. Um, I didn't think it was like anything great. I thought it was funny watching Adam Cole like win. Uh, Beat this a one, bound man, and put his face he, in the sand because he's correct. Bad. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I'm sure that made certain people squeam, which was, you know, to be expected. But um, yeah, yeah. solid win for Cole. Uh, keeps him kind of in line, you know, to go at Hangman. Yeah, just a good match. Just good yeah. Match. After that, we get Powerhouse Hobbs, Dante Martin, as we mentioned earlier. Hobbs got the win. This was uh, pretty good. Hobbs came out dressed like he was the third, excuse me, fourth member of Harlem Heat because, uh, you know, there was Big T. Um, there as well, but there was also Midnight. He might be the fifth member of Harlem Heat. You know, there was Midnight too. So I don't know if Midnight wore the flames as well. So I don't know. But uh, yeah, Haas with the dub, 
Warlow, Lee, Hobbs, big dudes, meat. So, so, like, it's funny that you mentioned, like, T and you and you mentioned uh, Midnight. Like, you didn't mention Seth Rollins. He was out here burning it down a few years ago. That man was out here looking like a member of Harlem Heat as well. Except, You're right. No, except. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I'm, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm surprised that Hobbs won. I thought, you know, this was a rubber match between them. They're both one and one. I thought that uh, Dante was going to win this, but Hobbs just like caught him out, just pulled him out of the sky and grabbed him with a a spine buster and, and, and pinned his ass. He was done. So, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, and then uh, after that, we had a women's match. Serena uh, Deeb had a five-minute white girl challenge, um, whooped her, and then we had the main event, and that was – what was the main event of the show? It was Jay White and Trent Beretta. Uh, yep. Jay White cut a promo, and Trent cut a promo before the match. I liked Jay White's promo. I thought he sounded pretty natural, and like it was like – I feel like after watching this, this promo, this match – and I'm like, man, I feel like I need to reevaluate Jay White's entire like career. Like, what would it be Outside like? Outside of if, the character and yeah, that bullshit I'll, that he does. Right. That and also like, you know, if he was formatted for television wrestling with shorter matches and it's like you gotta get to the fucking point, he would be fucking awesome. Like Um I think I think for me, um, like I've always been of the point, I've always been of the, of the opinion that like Jay White's great. He does shit in his matches that irritate the fuck out of me. And part of it's the point. Another part of it is, all right, come on, come the fuck on. You've done this 40 times. Um, but I, I don't know. Like I thought his problem was fine. Like I, I thought that, I thought that, you know, for all the talk that we get from, um, the, the Pearl, uh, fan base side of it, about how charismatic he is, his promo, it seemed like. If I compared that promo he did in front of uh in front of Mark Henry and Trent, compared it to like I don't know any of the eight best uh, promos in AEW, he completely get washed out by in charisma. But um, but yeah, like I mean, he he knew what he was saying. It was it sounded good, but like it was just cause like eh, I don't know if he's holding back or whatever else or or whatever what have you. But yeah, like it didn't matter. Like he got in the ring with Trent, an all familiar person from work, probably a a half a dozen or probably like uh, five dozen tags with him over the years um, doing those road two shows and it killed it. They had a great match, physical match, um, no bullshit to be, to be spoken of. Uh, Jay White did what he does best, which is counter wrestle. Like he, uh, like that fit, I forgot how you finished into the, the blade runner, but like it was, it was a great counter and that's what he does. Yeah. Uh, we were uh, talking to a buddy of ours that had never seen Jeff White or excuse me, Jay White. <laughs> Um, and he, uh, like we kind of described him as like a guy like that. I don't know if I would necessarily trust him to carry like lower ranked kind of guys, but, um, he, he's a great mirror for people like, you know, whoever he's fighting, he can get to their level. And sometimes like, whether it's through intentionally he'll, he'll hold his, he'll hold back or whatever, like chances are like, it's going to turn out pretty good. Uh, I would like to see him continue to have more matches in AW. uh, if he's Speaking doing that, this, yeah. Yeah, if he's doing this. And then it looks like maybe Orange Cassidy's in line for him. Like, maybe they can get that as a quick ad on a Revolution card. I like that. Yeah, um, I'd be fine with that. 
just like leave that bullshit at home though. Like, you, like the second we get to like the, the closing stretch of a match, he starts laying on the floor and smiling because he thinks he's outsmarted uh, his opponent because he just won't get up, and then the person doesn't sit there like Eddie doesn't just stomp his fucking head into the into the mat. I'm gonna be furious. So like, you yeah, try that uh, with Shuri. Sure, he sure put his head through the fucking two by fours, uh, doing that bullshit. So, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, uh, so we'll see. Like, he's on his best behavior right now. It seems so. If he keeps look, that this man, up, I'm that waiting. man came to impress. Like, he was yeah. like, "Look, this is my first real look on national television. Like, not not impact. not no replay, not some replay that's on Access Television. Yes, not some shit that been taped weeks ago. Like, I know it was like taped two days later or whatever, but uh, it's like a, a current thing that kind of matters. And then Jay White. Well, in other news, turns on Tamatonga, and there's a split in the Bullet Club again. So uh, I don't think Tamatonga is officially out of the Bullet Club. So uh, maybe, you know, they're they're really trying to do this, you know, uh, unite across all companies thing. So we'll see how it all uh, how it all works. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, uh, Revolution, I mean, I think we kind of like talked about what's on the card so far. Is there anything <sighs> that's so on the card so far that we haven't talked about? Um, or seems is headed that way that we haven't talked about. I, I think we've like kind of touched touched on everything, but I'm pretty excited for the card. Like it, yeah. it looks like it's like like I'm very happy to have a ticket. So <laughs> it felt to be honest, like the start of the year to now, like it felt like aside from this week, the week before, and like maybe like one other uh, show, um, it felt like. You know, they weren't in the gear that they were in where they were trying to turn out great television every single week. And that's fine. Um, obviously, they're in flux because, like, when it, what do we have on Moxley? Like, our, one of our fucking top guys is out is leaving. Uh, one of our top guys is um, is out right now. But um, this, was like the fr- this was, like, the first stretch where I felt like, or this week and last week before, it was like, okay, they're getting, themse- they're getting the Ducks in order to get to the pay-per-view, uh, finally. So... Um, I think they're still kind of cold compared to what they were doing um, in previous reviews last year. But, I mean, I don't think they're going to have a CM Punk to unveil that's kind of, or, you know, or a two-month uh, pay-per-view or two-month um, build to pay off in the main event. But um, short of that, the card, was, the, the card shape, is shaped up to be, like, a great show, even even without the uh, the highs of the bills from previous uh pay-per-views but um i think they'll get there i think they'll get there yes um, sir i like to welcome all the viewers i think this is the most like live viewers i think i've seen like 19 like live folks jumping in with us so well, uh shouts out to all y'all make sure you guys are using the bits feature that just got unlocked through our affiliate status here so <laughs> that is that is pretty awesome um you guys get to show love uh to the show but yeah speaking of showing love um the uh wrestling observer awards uh, came out this past week, you know, riding the coattails of the One Nation Radio Awards. <laughs> yeah, um, <that's>... you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm but, sure um, that's what that was. You know, the draw power grows. You know, as Dylan says, yes. Uh, so pretty, uh, pretty interesting thing. Kind of reflects ours in a certain way. Uh, lots of AW domination, maybe even more than the previous year. They won 22 awards uh, as a promotion. Wow. Um, Stardom, I think, is advanced. Took a took a large step forward um, this year that a lot of us on this podcast saw coming, and we were um, telling y'all. And 
like I think the cool thing is like now everyone's going to be trying to learn about stardom and and you know who already been telling y'all about stardom O N R. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man. Um, Luthez Ric Flair of the year. Uh, Kenny Omega wins. That's his second one of his career. Um, that's pretty cool. There's is you know there's not a lot of people that have two of them. Uh, usually if you know you're looking at two, that's like some. Super all-time great status. Like there's, there's a, you know, you can look at your Kabashi's, Masawa's, uh, Cena, Tanahashi, uh, Ric Flair, of course, done it like eight times. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's awfully funny because like people were exclusive list. People were complaining about Kenny Omega getting into the Observer Hall of Fame last year. Yes. Or, sorry, well not last year, 2020. Um, How about and, it now? And well, not even that. Like. You look up and it's like, oh, like awards, like Flair Thez award share. He's like top ten. He's like sixth or some shit. Yeah, he's six right now. Yeah, he's six right now. But it's like, yeah, a guy that finishes Flair Thez is like no one's got, no one's gotten, um, like sorry, not even, not even six people have gotten more votes than him in their career. Yeah, he probably should be in their Hall of Fame. <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Look. Look, man. Like, I look. This are, I, are we are rich, rich. Are, are we are finished, we rich? Are we sure that Maddie Johnson should be in the NBA? It should be in the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. <laughs> are we sure? You know what? I don't we, know. Should man. we? Should, should, are, are we jumping the gun by putting Larry Bird in the fucking Hall of Fame? You know what? I feel like we got to look at Larry Bird and, and think about the fact he didn't play as long as you know he didn't give us enough you know years. On on mm-hmm. and everything like that, mm-hmm. like you know, mm-hmm. it, it's something like all the, the, all the way Larry, th- but all the top three MVP finishes, n- you know, j- no, you just got to throw those out. Yeah, they don't count, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. they don't count. Apparently for, not for, for Kenny. Apparently you know, not. You know, niggas just decided in 2016, like, all right, it's time. Like, <laughs> and then was like, yo, like th- this was another excellent year for him. Um, you guys already know the drill on this show. Uh, you know. All the business rose. All the matches were great, and like, you know, it, it was like, it was like, Seated oh, can he do it in America? Yes, he can do it in America. It, like, this is like, you think it's harder to wrestle in America than in Japan? Like, <laughs> just, just, just saying. Like, so, it, and he did this while while facing like, you know, like lesser uh, opponents or whatever. Yeah. Um. And it's like I think it's it's really fitting. It's like to go with the PWI Wrestler of the Year, to go with the number one on the five hundred. This one right here, he's an all time great, and you just got to live with it. And you don't like it, I don't know what to tell you because like lots of people disagree. Like you you, you can you can dislike Kenny Omega. You can say I don't like his matches. I think he's a goofball. I and, and, and that's fine. You're both and you're right. There are plenty of people that didn't, that didn't like Ric Flair matches. There are plenty of people that didn't like the and Kabashi matches. There are plenty of people that didn't like Bret Hart mat- or Shawn Michaels right. matches. Lots of people will still tell you that these Shawn Michaels matches weren't weren't, weren't going uh, in their lines of themselves. There are people who are talking about like Rey Mysterio Jr. and his and, and all this head scissors, right? Head scissors. Head scissors. Head scissors. Well. We'll see who the kids are wrestling like in five, ten years. Yeah, yeah. Because like you know, I can I can look at a at a bunch of clones um, that that's around that that started like lifting his moveset and like you know everything like that. You know, I, I'm just glad that I don't have to lie and, and act like my favorite wrestler is uh, all time great when he's not. You know, so. <laughs> 
I'm glad I don't have to like come up with artificial things based on promotion size, you know, to justify, you know, these things. So uh, what's up, my man, Frank Leone and they're joining. Uh, we we're just getting to talking about the Observe Awards. But um, yeah, another another good win for him. Roman Reigns, number two, Shingo, number three. Uh, Roman, obviously, very dominant year yep. uh, in WWE presentation pretty much what their audience wants which is just roman reigns and nothing else so well, we don't <laughs> like, necessarily know that's what their fan base wants but that's what they'll that's what they'll accept right 20 live viewers nice nice way to go guys so um what else we got uh make just make sure you like and stream you know whatever you got to do to to raise visibility so uh more people jump in but um in the top 10 james Utami five Shuri mm-hmm. number seven for Flair Thez. Yep, for Flair Thez. What do you make of this? Um, I mean, it's probably for the uh the rise of visibility from Western fan base or from Western wrestling fans uh, with the company. Like the promotion, Budokan Hall was a godsend for them. Um, in in Western having pay per views, uh, sold in big arenas. That felt that are the arenas that you're familiar with if you watch New Japan or mm-hmm. you know watch any Japanese wrestling from New Japan to All Japan to Noah over uh, the last you know 30 years. Like Genbunkal was a big deal. Um, Shuri Nutami having that match breakthrough the way it did was a big deal. Um, you know them doing Osaka Joe Hall was a big deal. Like that, like that raised the reputation. Like. Um, it's 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 funny because like uh, we'll get to it, but like if you compare some of the years that um or if you compare Mayu's year uh, two thousand twenty, right? Mm-hmm. She she got honorable mention for for uh, for uh, most outstanding last year. Mm-hmm. She had she had more great matches than anyone that I saw in wrestling, and like I was following New Japan hardcore uh, in two thousand twenty. Like, and she she was honorable mention. Like, for uh, to get three people for most outstanding in, it's big. That's like okay. Like this. Oh, definitely. Tam, also number nine. Um, oh, that's most outstanding. That's most, most outstanding. outstanding. My fault. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll mm-hmm. save that. We'll save that. I'm sure that's where we're going next. But uh, okay. But uh, yeah. Like I um. But yeah, like that's just show you like that's where this company has grown over the year. Like I remember uh, Niagara Driver. Um. When uh, they did the the opening shows for the pay per views for uh, the Grand Prix, where we're like, look at last year. Obviously, it was COVID. Like they were just in Cork and Hall, and then look at them when they, you know, they do the the fighter poses or whatever else on the stage, and they're in. Um, uh, I think Yokohama Budokan is like this is a company like that is like just the, just the juxtaposition of like big ass arena Cork and Hall. Like that's that's what it was uh, in a year. So yeah, it makes sense that uh, they had this kind of reputation. I'm just surprised. Like I kind of predicted. I went, you know, a couple of days before, like where one of some of the, some of the land, like uh, landmarks for people, and they did, they outperformed it. They had more people, more representation. Than I even imagined better placement. Than I even imagined. So um, yeah, um, onwards and upwards, I guess. Yeah, man. Um... Then your most outstanding wrestler, you know, the star ratings, the everything. Um, number one, Shingo Takagi was the IWGP champion most of last year. Oh, man, uh, holding up a sinking ship, it seems like, perception-wise. 
<laughs> um, still, you know, a, a blessing for 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 New Japan. He's Atlas he was, holding up the world. The world yes. is New Japan world. <laughs> yes, this man is like that. Man got the globe on his shoulders, like like this, like you know. But um, yeah, like uh, after that, we have Brian Danielson, um, and then Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, Shuri, Phoenix, and Tommy, Tomohiro Ishii, Tam, Katsuhiko Nakajima. Shouts out to Noah for that. Nakajima also finished his top ten in um, most or uh, in Flair Thez. But I know, like I'm not like obviously uh, Brian and Kenny are awesome, but this is James's time right here. So I want to turn it over to you to to talk. You know, to 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 put a pack in the air for for the uh, you know, for number nine on on this oh, list. Oh man, I mean, oh, I, I mean, I know I said to you uh, when I saw on the early balloting that she was in the top ten, the tail was in the top ten. That like, if she finishes, she actually follows through and gets on the top ten. Um, I was gonna talk tons of shit, but to be quite honest with you, I, I thought about it. I was like, is it really worth it? The, the talk shit about about Tam when it's like, you know, like it, it was it was obvious to me that like this woman um, since 2019 was something special, and you know it, it, she never it just wasn't her time yet. It wasn't her time to, to quote unquote hold the bells. And as uh, JD says, like in judge promotions at times, like you know when when you're the champion, is it so much that you're the champion, or is it is your turn to have the big matches on top? Um, mm-hmm. and you know, it was finally her time and she did her thing and you know, it, it was a situation for me where it's like the people that voted her are people that like are the watchers that watch the show that watch most of the shows. Cause like you, you, you can watch her on big shows being a semi event do, you know, can have a match that's awesome or have a match that's really good and depends on what they're trying to do for, for whatever they're trying to do for the, com- the contender to set them up for the future. But um, you watch her in these t- in these trios matches with uh the rest of Cosmic Angels and like Unagi is rounding in the form and I think Mina is good but like their defenses like when she would just basically like put more or less put it all on her she would go nuts in these matches so like for me like this was a thing of like when we talk about the exposure like people are watching stardom and not just watching just the big shows. So that was the part that kind of stuck f- through for me. But like, besides that part, like, you know, if you want to just go through the, her, her G or her, I said, you her, her uh, grand prix, she was great in that too. But yeah, like don't them 2018 takes is all bro. They dead. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Like this is a, a casket. This is a woman that's had multiple four and a half star matches over the years. Like in the last three years, I'm sorry. It's over. Like James, you, I don't it, see anybody from Tokyo Joshi Pro on this. No, no, you do not. Uh, I think I think um, you look at women's MVP. I think uh, Miyu in a placing top ten. Oh, okay, that's nice. Yeah, she, she yeah she did. Um, she did. Um, but I think that's probably the only. Uh, no, and Makito also most charismatic. Um, uh-huh. which makes sense. She's I mean shit. Like if if not for if not for the the gap in exposure, like she could be number one. Um, but yeah, like she, uh, but yeah, Tam just like, I'm sorry, man. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta come up with some new takes. Like the whole Tam McConnell B Priestley stinking, like that's 2008. It's 2022 at this point or 2001, particularly this year when it happened. It's, it's, it's a dub for that. 
So tag team of the year, James, I want you to tell me what do 2014, 2015, 2016, <laughs> 2017, 2018, and 2020 have in common with 2021? The Usos didn't win. That is true. <laughs> but the Young Bucks indeed did win all those years. So yeah. I am advocating it for it right now. I may even clip this and just send it to Dave. Dave, rename the award. We know you want to. Fuck what they say. I know they're going to get furious. Actually, you know what? Do the two for one. Do it the year they go in the Hall of Fame first ballot. Do that and change it at the same time just to send them into complete overdrive and shock. Another all-time year for the Young Bucks. Um, these guys, phenomenal. Face and heel. Uh, heel turn at the end, beginning of the year. Completely reinvent their uh, their act. Turn up the, the douchiness a lot. Uh, and still, the match quality never falls off, no matter what company it's in. Like The Bucks are the most plug-and-play wrestlers in wrestling, I feel like. Uh, you can drop them anywhere and be like, hey, you know, go ahead and do y'all thing, and then it's going to work. Um, and you know, they had a great reign as champions. They put the they lost the belts great. And you know, they're they're just the Bucks. This is an institution at this point. It shouldn't be a surprise. It shouldn't be uh something that is that just catches people off guard. Uh I also noticed FTR did not have any of those uh from 2014 to any of those seven. Where did they um, finish? They finished third. third. They finished third. third. Uh Penta and Phoenix finished second. And um, where did Usos finish? Sixth, Mm. behind Shuri and Julia. That's where I was getting at. (laughs) I noticed that one. I noticed that. Like they they finished behind the Stardom Tag Team that that missed like the last third of the year because Julie was hurt. Mm. Mm. Did a neck injury. Wow. Wow. Yep. That's on interviews. Uh, MJF got the win on this one. So yes, uh, Eddie Kingston finished what second? Finished second. Yep. Punk third. Uh, Punk third. Mox fourth. Lambert fifth. Roman Reigns finished sixth. Paul Heyman seventh. Callis eighth. Ninth. Brian tenth. Miro. Um, Brother, you 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 know why why I mentioned uh, best interviews? Go to the honorable mention. Go to the honorable mention. Tam Nakano. In front of Edge. In, in front of Edge, doing all the doing fucking Hamlet in the middle of the ring every single every other week. Every time he shows up, he got beat out by a woman in a promotion that doesn't even do promos like that. That's Best interviews of her doing interviews in magazines. <laughs> she beat she beat Edge. <laughs> when I saw, bro, when I saw that, I died. <laughs> Um, I think Paul him making this list is a stretch at this it, point. You know, it, it's 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 based on rep. It's based on rep. Yeah, I don't know what he did that was so that was so uh, different from what he's done all these other years. Aside from saying I missed my tribal chief and my tribal chief this and my tribal chief that that. So yeah, you know that, that's whatever. not gonna, that's not gonna cut it for me. Uh, I don't yeah. know if Roman's ever made this list before, but maybe it's his first time. I don't I'm think he sure. has. I don't think he has. Yeah, Ed, Edge went to that place, and that place was honorable mention. Yeah, um, promotion of the year uh, by far, AEW. Uh, number two, Stardom, and then New Japan Pro Wrestling, then Game Changer. After A- that, 
I thought going in that Stardom was going to be in a dogfight to try to get number two. And then I saw the voting. I was like, wow, they're clear-cut number two. It's not even close. Yep. Um, way, more first, way more first-place votes than um, New Japan. Yeah. That was surprising. So, um, you know, AW dominating. Um, yep. And they've won it Three years two, in a years, row? two years in a row. They so, didn't win in 2019? No. Okay. Best weekly TV show. We got Dynamite on top, then Rampage, New Japan Strong, SmackDown number four, NXT all the way down at number six. Yeah. You know, last year they were number two. Funny how that works. Oh, what, what, did anything happen with them that, like this year? Uh, I mean, not much. Okay. Not much. Shout out to AEW Dark at number nine on there. So ain't none like perverts. Ain't none like dark sickos as myself. You know, I I like to throw dark on. You know, while I'm working. Oh man, like it's so exactly my man Frank Leone. Dark is a damn good show. Exactly. It's it's so sad, man. Like go for number one to number two to change every fucking thing, and now y'all number six. And only reason, and only reason why number six is because of what you had the first half of the year that was uh that was the old show. Like let's see what let's see what let's see what NXT two is on hey, this shit next year. It could it could even go further. Yeah. Uh, pro wrestling match of the year: Young Bucks versus Pentagon and Phoenix, the cage match. Um, so another match of the year for the Young Bucks. That's two years in a row. Um, I. I, I don't believe that, uh, you know, there's a lot of people I'm seeing missing, you know, that I just continue to, I don't see, you know, I don't, I don't see FTR, you know, I don't see, you know, Jimmy and Jay, unfortunately here, um, you know, his, we got to start, you know, having these conversations. We got to start talking about it, you know, <laughs> um, after that, it was Shingo and Will from uh, Fukuoka, then Taku, uh, Omega and Danielson, Danielson and Page, and then the first Utami and Sherry uh, rounds up to your top five. Yep. Interesting. Um, we also got uh, our United States Canada MVP, just kind of mixing everybody in one bag. Kenny Omega by far. Um, looks like Roman Reigns just finishes in front of Danielson for number two. Um, but yeah, we already talked about Kenny's year this year pretty much. Um, you know what it is. Japanese MVP Shingo. Uh, Utami, however, finished number two. Utami yeah. finishes in front of Okada. Yeah, that did, that didn't surprise me. Like Okada didn't he didn't do? I mean, obviously he had the match in um, on January fourth, but then it's like then he has the the G one, but it's like he didn't win. What happened to Abushi also affected that. Like if he went out there and had some you know five and three quarter star match on Dave Meltzer scale, then <laughs> You know, people look at it more fondly, but it's like, ah, oh, shit. Like his crowning moment was some shit where, like, one of our one of the favorite one of people's favorite wrestlers ended up getting, you know, put on the shelf for months. Right. Still ain't back. So, Mexico MVP El Hijo del Vikingo. So Ray Phoenix had won the last two years. Vikingo wins it this year. Where 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 was he this year? Phoenix was third. <laughs> Cyclone was number two. Shout out to Kenny Omega being number five on that. So I. How do I say this? Lucha Blog, Lucha Blog says this every single year. Stop voting for Phoenix for, for being uh being the MVP for this shit. Like, he wrestles a handful of matches, if that, in Mexico all year long. Y'all are voting him because he's the best Mexican in, in AEW. Stop it. 
<laughs> oh, we got the Europe MVP. Finally, Walter does not win. Will Ospreay wins. Uh, this has been the Walter Award for its entire existence from 2018, 19, and 20. But Walter finished second this year. I w- well, I wonder how many matches he actually had that weren't shit, probably NXT. like five. Yeah, you know. So that's also a part of it as well. But um, yeah. Wow. Was- Great points. Uh, like funny things being brought up in the chat right now. Uh, Brew Brew Haven says um, uh, the characters in Euphoria are more convincing or more convincing than Toxic Attraction. Um, I mean, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, I had to agree I, with I that. actually watched last night. I watched the play episode. I, you, I haven't caught wait, everything yet. Wait, but you, you skipped basically over all of season one just to get to the, the penultimate episode of season two? I just happened to watch it last night, oh, so I'm, okay. I'm still going to watch the rest of it. So, right. has, yeah. has, uh, has Catherine watched it yet? She has watched all of them. Like right, apparently, like she told me, she was jumping for. She told me she was jumping forward, and I didn't like hear that or whatever or something. Mm. So I'm I'm behind. So yeah, I gotta catch said, up. You, she said catch up. She's like fuck that. I'm on to Cincinnati. Like, I'm, I'm, yep. I'm waiting for your ass. I'll leave, I will leave you. I need to hit yep. up uh, Kathy talking about it because like man, like I love what Lexi did last night, but ain't enough. Now arrest him. Put put his ass in jail. There, there, are few, there are few fictional characters ever that I hate more than Nate Jacobs. Few. Yeah. Um, yeah, Nate Jacobs is a I, bad guy. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it for none of y'all, so or whatever else, but man. We're going to stop. I, yeah, we're going to stop. <clears throat> we're going to stop. But yeah, we need to get him the fuck out of here. The Hodge Award. Darby Allen wins it. That's your non-heavyweight MVP. So, um Second place is Ray Phoenix. Third, Hiromu Takahashi. So, um, women's so wrestling I, MVP. Are you allowed to vote? I got a question. Are you allowed to vote for uh, Jonathan Gresham on this, or will he like get upset? Um, I don't know. Um, I, I want to mince my words. Like I know, you know, he he don't really find the height jokes, you know, too funny. But it's, but this so, isn't a height joke. This is a weight yeah. joke. But his weight is influenced by the fact that he's not, you know, he's lacking in stature. You know. Let's just right, say that. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, right. So, um, <laughs> women's wrestling MVP. Uh, so. I feel like we should do a countdown from 10 to 1 on this one. Sure. Number 10, Serena Deeb. Number 9, Tam Nakano. Number 8, Miyu Yamashita. Number 7, Becky Lynch. Number 6, Deanna Perrazzo. Number 5, Charlotte Flair. Number 4, Bianca Belair. Number 3, Shuri. Number 2, Britt Baker, and number one by four or by twenty votes, Utami Hayashista. Yeah, um, thank you. Look, look at Britt being sandwiched, you know, in between that that uh-huh. great, you know, all three, you know, top three, just great, uh-huh. all of them. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. These are these are all the same level of worker in, in main event wrestlers. Exactly yeah. the same. Absolutely. Big stars. Yeah. You yeah. know, good gear. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, put on top for the first time. You know, yeah. all all that exactly the same. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. You know, women. You know, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's all the same, right? It's all the same. All Nintendo, right? Yeah, man. Um, 
this is uh this is one uh where we talk about the stardom exposure or uh, them blowing up this year like previous years like like Mayu last year Mayu Mayu finished twenty votes or so short of uh Bailey last year on this so like yeah you know I, I, I think you know what I think the women's uh, wrestling MVP has been lost to Japan from this point forward has done what has been lost it, to Japan yes oh well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like, there's no chance. No. Now, now that people know, unless, now that unless, people know, and now like, that there's a stable uh, situation like, for Joji, like, absolutely. Like, unless uh, Thunder Rosa wins, and then they feed her Tony Storm, um, Athena, all these people that are like out there, and like they they roll an assembly line of challengers out, uh, and she wins the rest of the year. That's the only way I think the well, MVP stays out of Japan next year. Well, I mean. I think that um, there are certain years, like a two thousand, like a two thousand sixteen Sasha Banks year. Like there are certain top years in WWE that like will still be able to pick it up, but it doesn't seem like WWE is interested in having those type of top years for 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 women wrestlers anymore. So um, I think that's gonna be an issue. AEW, um, this was. This was their best shot for for a while. Like we'll see. I I think anyway. Like, but you know, Thunder has, Thunder Rosa has a shot. She has a real shot next year to finish. She's gonna place in the top three. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you know going forward, like it's gonna be a lot of stardom in them uh, in them top three uh, going forward now because it's only gonna go up from here. Yep. Um, feud of the year: Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. Um, number one, um, big feud in the history of the company. Yep. Uh, we talk about it all the time. Utami and Sherry, number two. Um. So after that, three? T- three was Chris Jericho and MJF. Okay. Most improved Ty Conti number one over Dante Martin and Saya Kamatani number three. Uh, Shouts out to Tall Saya. Uh, most charismatic CM Punk over MJF. MJF has won this thing last year at least, uh, and CM Punk, you know. Brian Danielson finally wins his award back. Uh, Brian Danielson wins the Brian Danielson Best Technical Award. That man's free from prison and immediately um, gets, you know, snatches back what, you know, this is his 10th time he's won this award, James. 10. 10 of them. Yeah, he never won it. He never won it in WWE. That can't be true. I think that I think that's the nah, case. He, he won never- it. No, no, he won it. He won it in 2010, 11, 12. Okay. Thirteen okay. and fourteen. He okay, had I'm mistaken on that. I'm mistaken since his like the first time that he went away. You know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of the part where like Meltzer like had never gave him like a five star or something like that. Maybe that's what gotcha. I'm telling you, man. Uh, uh, John Moxley wins the Bruiser Burby Best Brawler Award. What do you think of that? Um, I don't think this was some great brawling year for Moxley. He missed so much I mean, time too. He missed a lot of time, but he did have the exploding barbarian death match. He had the the match uh, with the New Japan dads, New Japan dads, like with the lights out and that. He had a Texas death match with Lance Archer, um, but after that, I mean, he he did do some great brawling against Ten later in the year. But I feel like this should have been Kingston, maybe, I don't or know. Ish- or like, just give it to, give it to Ishii again. My, my thing is this, right? Like, if we're gonna do a best brawler thing. In like it's in you know Moxie won in two thousand nineteen or whatever else, but like if we're gonna do that, like can it? Like these people aren't actually better brawlers than like Shingo and, and Ishii. They aren't. Right, right. So uh, you know it's it's you know it's a visibility thing, and they had down years, but it's like 
them dudes ain't better brawls than Shingo Takagi. You're out of your mind. But whatever. <laughs> we'll, 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 whatever. Um, best flying wrestler, Ray Phoenix. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know I mean, uh, obviously, you can't give, they're not going to give the Vikingo. No one watches. No one yeah. watches. Uh, he's Lucia. number two. He's number two, but he's far away. Um, Dante Martin is coming though, because uh, you start looking at this list, right? And I'm looking for people that are younger. Mm-hmm. Dante's younger. Bandito's in his mid twenties, early to mid twenties. Uh, but people like Sammy's on there. He's 28. Nick Jackson's 30. Will Osprey doesn't fly as much anymore. He's right. on there somehow. So there's going to be room for uh, some new flyers to emerge in the coming years. Yep. And this was like the first time. Uh, either Ricochet, Will Ospreay, um, or Kota Ibushi didn't win um, <laughs> since like a long time. And he said, best flying wrestler, Teddy Hart. He's a clown. Wow. <laughs> um, let's see. Most overrated. Number one, Evil. Which, well, you yeah. know, they're, they're overrated. Trans, trans, uh, translates to most overpushed. Number two is Roman Reigns on there. Number three is Omos. Four, the Miz. Five, KG Muto. What's up, Zach? Um, <laughs> number seven, Cody. Look, man. Here, here's something to point out, right? Like, Muto is 58 now, I think. Yeah. Austin's getting rough for WrestleMania. He's 57. Wow. Wow. It seems like Austin's like older than dirt. He's 57. Right. So, yeah, he kind of is older than dirt. Yeah. Like, weren't you watching the beginning of uh, of um, the rebirth of NWA? Yes. Or, or mistaken. Who was the old dude? Tim that Storm. All disp- right. How old is Tim Storm? Or was he at that point I, in time? I think Tim Storm was like 50 at that time. And then, right. So, there you go. Oh, yeah. I didn't really get to talk about my Stone Cold Steve Austin thoughts last week. But my God, um, if they're bringing back Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? There is no limit they won't go at this point. Um, Hogan, dig up Savage. Hogan, he's on the table. If he, if, if he can get cleared, he's on the table at some point. Somewhere. I don't think he can get cleared, but he's on the table. Um, I think, um, you know, as far as Austin... He had the perfect way to go out. Obviously, a lot of this shit should belong to him. Like with WWE, they're still selling WWE based on Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Look at some of the video games. He's right there in the front still. Um, he's 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 the person that they're showing like that's still selling merch. Um, person he's still put put on like advertising and all that shit. So like, I I don't have a problem with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Coming back and be like, yo, I want some of that wrestler money right now. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with that because like he's the most over person in the history of wrestling. Like, I love Stone Cold. Like, um, it's sad to see like, hey, he didn't come back for CM Punk back in the day, which would have been like fucking incredible. Then had that um, Saudi money. This isn't Saudi money. This is like, you know, WrestleMania it, slash TV money. It is more so- money than look. The, the ends are being met and being uh, subsidized by uh, the Saudi show. Like, maybe he's not doing the Saudi show, but that money in part, how many, some of them dollars is coming from the Saudi uh, pile. Yeah. That's all yeah. I'm getting at. Yeah. And, you know, it's in Texas, of course. They want to throw that on there. Um, yeah. But, you know, this is what we talk about. This is what they are. This is a nostalgia company. 
like they're always thinking about the past so like to bring in like why can't stone cold come back at this point they've already broken the the dam so like i wish it meant more because it you know he's gonna fight in the mid card against like kevin owens and it's like bro you would think if you're bringing back Stone Cold Steve Austin, it's for Brock fucking Lesnar, and then they could for do the that Texas fucking, Death Match. Yes, like what the fuck is going on? Like I, I don't care that Kevin Owens does the stunner or hates Texas, whatever the storyline is. But um, yeah, man, I I love Stone Cold, and I I hate to kind of see it like this in a way, but well, I don't blame him at all. Well, there is okay, so there's also this part. Allegedly, like this isn't just for one show. This is for multiple shows. Right. So, like, you can it slide could into be, the Goldberg role. I guess it could be because um, I'm not sure that Goldberg that Goldberg role will uh, just be given up. I think Goldberg is going to re up. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think that like they, there will be time for them to get to a uh, Brock Lesnar and Austin match. The problem is like. When are y'all gonna get back to Texas? Because like a Texas death match in Texas kind of would be more of a a thing than like a Texas death match in Los Angeles, <laughs> don't you think? Yeah. But you know, whatever. They don't care about this, those sorts of things. Look, I just hope Stone Cold is in good shape, and then he look he can punch, kick, and cosmetic shape or wrestling shape. Both. Look, you know. I think he'll have the cosmetics down now. As far as uh, you know, being able to move. Boy, um, do you think he'll have knee braces on his knee braces? <laughs> he might have like extra knee braces at ringside, like just in case. Most underrated ricochet number one with a bullet. Yeah, how many of those people? Were, how many people were WWE? All of them? Uh, no, but uh, we got ricochet number two, Chad Gable. Number three, Mustafa Ali. Four, Ricky Starks. Five, Matt Ooh. Riddle. Six, Daniel Garcia. Seven, Cody Rhodes. Tied for seventh, Finn Balor. Number nine, Anthony Bowens. Tied for ninth, Santana and Ortiz. Okay. Rookie of the year, Jade Cargill. I didn't think Jade would get the love in the voting that she did. Um, I think people, I think people realize that like it don't matter if she can't, if she's not a good wrestler yet, like. They they look the people people like seeing Jay Cargo on screen. And, and I love seeing. I, look, I gotta say screen. I agree with them. So um, yeah, shout, shout out to Jade. You know. Yeah. Um, um, who finished second? Um, number two was Jack Cartwheel. I don't know who that is. But. PWG guy. Number oh, three okay. was Lady C though. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Take, take the Lady C victory lap, James. <laughs> Tell us how she was rotting up until, you know. Yo, she, st- she stuck until, like, the summer. She really did. And she got, and then she started being put in matches, and she was good. Like, um, and she had a number of good matches she was put in. And I think um, it's, just, it's just one of those things where it's like, hey, this this promotion or just Joshi in general and Piro in general, like, they're just better at training wrestlers than when we are. Like you could be, you could stink and be rotten, and then and then in six months, all of a sudden you could ha- you could you could have a, some show signs of life, and then go from there. Like, um, J- I, JML about says, most Lady C was robbed. Say again. J- uh, JML said Lady C was robbed. I mean, match wise, no competition. Like Lady C had. I mean, you know, we talked about it in joke. Like until December, like 
she had a better match guy than Cody. <laughs> the person you talking about is so fucking underrated, apparently. But yeah, uh, Cody yeah, was so, also on the overrated list, so like he hit both uh, sides. There. So basically, he's like the fiend or whatever. Now, right? Great, great. Imagine like got love the people everyone was saying was this genius. Yeah, you gotta know. love when you reach that 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 moment of polarization. Where, like, not everybody's saying you're great, but people were like, "Yeah, he sucks," and also he's good. Great. Right down the middle. Um, so some of the guys in the chat were, um, you know, talking about Keiji Muto and Austin. I was just wondering who had the worst knees oh out of those God. two. Who you got? Who, who you got in a forty-yard dash, James? Muto oh, or Austin? Got, I'll, I'll go with Austin. Okay, I think I'll go with Austin as well. I'll go with Austin. Um, now who? I I still. I still would trust Muto to do everything else with athleticism better than than uh, Austin outside of like lifting weights and in in running. That's it. Every, That's like funny. like change direction. I'll go with Muto. I'll go. I'll go right. Muto. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. Like I'm not like Austin. Like Austin's not going to come out here and hit a moonsault. It's not happening. It's out of the fucking question. This one, this one, best non wrestler. I think there was a real robbery that went down. Paul Heyman finishes five votes in, in front of Don Callis. Um, I think Callis smoked his boots. Um, <laughs> Heyman so, won? Yes, Heyman won. Mm. So, I don't know about that one. Best television. Callis also was like not on TV and t- for like the uh, shit, seemingly like the last for months. Like he's been going yeah. for months. So, uh, Excalibur won best television announcer. Good for him. Sure. Back sure. to back. Corey Gray is worst television announcer. Nah. Like. He's not. He's not worse than Michael Cole. Michael Cole was number two, but yeah, Michael Cole should win it. Um, best major show. So AW All Out uh, doubles up Full Gear for Full Gear was number two. Stardom Queendom uh, twelve twenty nine was number three. Mm. Double or nothing number four. Cyber Fight Festival number five. So AW Dynamite Grand Slam made the fucking list. That's hilarious. <laughs> But what else can be said about All Out? Like, good God. Um, yep, so, an all-time Sam, pay-per-view. Sam said, uh, now that you said it, I would love a wrestle- cross-wrestling promotional 40-yard dash. He said he has Leo Rush in that, by the way. Um, to win? I don't know if Leo Rush's legs are long enough. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. If I was going to pick a wrestler to win a 40-yard dash across promotions... I'm picking Bianca Belair or Montez Ford. <laughs> well, yes, you would pick an obvious track person. Um, if I were going to go outside of the track world, um, I don't know. I never, I never thought about when the kids is like they're not. Nobody's actually moving at their at their peak speed or quickness. Right. Like it's all it's all a work. Right. And then, like if people tried to fake wrestle as fast as they could, like we would be able like people. I don't even know what you do. Your brain would explode because people move too fast. I would love like that. that's the beauty of high speed wrestling. Like people wrestle like probably eighty percent of their of their top speed and like is lightning fast just to watch to the senses. But um, worst major show WWE Survivor Series. The egg, the rock, the fake. You know the the teasing of the rock will be there, but he wasn't there. He he gave Vince a Cleopatra egg. Best wrestling maneuver. We've talked about this award before. Adam Page wins with the buckshot lariat over Kenny Omega's one wing angel. Okay. 
most disgusting promotional tactic. Oh God. This should be the WWE. This should be the WWE most disgusting promotional tactic. Honestly, they should name the award after them at this point. They had eight of the ten, or excuse me, let's see. They had number one, firing wrestlers during a pandemic while setting record profits. Number two, WWE's continued relationship with Saudi Arabia. Number three, WWE using releases and storylines. Tied for number three, WWE's handling of COVID. Number number eight, WWE false advertising of talent they know won't appear. Number nine, WWE Liv Morgan scripted to say Lynch's contract is why wrestlers are fired. Number 10, WWE changing NXT. They got put on most disgusting promotional tactic. That's incredible. For the record, I am not an observer voter, so I did not vote for that. I know you. I know you're probably thinking that James. That's probably James gave a number one vote for that. It was not me. I don't vote for the Observer Awards. Worst television show: Raw, then NXT, then Impact, then WWE 205 Live, then WWE SmackDown. What a top five! Yeah. Oh man! All right. So worst match of the year: Damian Priest versus <sighs> The Miz, The Zombies. Oh, worst match of the year. That's all. That's also a WWE section for the most part. Visibility. Um, man, let's take a look at this. This one got to go ten to the top. So, okay. Why uh, did a WWE stream appear on my Rico? Joe Biden's WWE is fake. Okay, so man, then, then jumped in the chat. Like, all right, I don't know who you are, but uh, welcome. So. Number 10, Chris Jericho versus Nick Gage. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that got on there. That match actually was that ruled. Um, number 9, B-Fab versus Electra Lopez. Wait, 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 hold on. Buddy said WWE is fake. Yeah. Yeah, you we, don't do you yeah. not know that? Is that a shock? Like, I don't Do you did you think that like people do this and it's like, yeah man, like we know it's fake. We enjoy the fake fighting. Like I enjoy yeah. real fighting too, but like I also enjoy the fake fighting. Yeah, it is what it, it is. We love it. Now do something. Like I don't. <laughs> but do you know? Uh, like, do you like, know like, that you Euphoria know, is fake? Yeah. Like <laughs> like like, like you like you don't have that power here, buddy. Like that's not that's not what you do. Uh, but you're more than welcome to join us. <laughs> no, the better uh, part is like he thinks he's trolling us. Like, uh, yeah, right. man, we agree. It is fake. Like I'm not I'm not, I'm not one of the wrestling fans. Who's like, well, well, you know, it's it's uh, what do they say? You well, know, you know, it's, it's, not it's, pre- it's, it's predetermined. It's predetermined. It's scripted. No, it's fake. I don't care. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, B-Fab and Lester Lopez, they sent them two women in there that I don't even know if they had five matches combined it, with weapons and all the other stuff. So, so um, yeah, so um, let's see. Um, number eight, Charlotte Flair versus Nia Jax. Ooh, that's the one that that's broke down into a shoot. Yeah. That's when the fake stuff stopped right there. <laughs> that's when it got real, buddy. But, um, after that, we got Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair, the obvious disaster in Las Vegas uh, at SummerSlam. Yeah. So Ray versus Lash Legend. Man, that one is. Uh, oh, yeah. Everybody in the chat. I would like everyone to uh, talk about all the real things that happened in wrestling to our, our new friend that, that joined us as Sir Sam is doing. Um, so, uh, so Ray and Lash Legend, that was that was that clip um, that went into. 
virality with that <laughs> with that bad elbow drop and it was like you know shit went nuts yeah. uh, alexa versus Shayna baszler i remember do you remember the the discourse around that though yes people were like why the fuck saray you know wasting her you know obvious talents you know in development like this and the people were like well, you gotta understand, like Saray has nothing left to prove in Japan. She's a legend. I was like, <laughs> she's a legend. She's yeah, twenty five and wrestled in a in a hole in the wall promotion, even by Joshi standards. What are you making fucking TV on Samurai TV? What the fuck do you mean a legend? What? A legend? Yes. Yes. Legendary. Right. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. Who knew? The sun god. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. So we had Alexa Bliss and Shayna Baszler, uh, Britt Baker and Rebel versus Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. I remember this one. This is when Rebel got hurt. This was this was not good. Um, and that was like one of those early. Hey, we got fans back fu- fully. It was like, mm. why is this on the screen? Why is Vicky Guerrero in the ring? Huh? So after that, we had Randy Orton and Alexa Bliss at number three. I remember Alexa Bliss mounting Randy Orton and pinning him, and it was like the Fiend came back. And if you thought this was like, you know, uh, you know, Randy Orton adding to that Hall of Fame resume with match two and three, worst match of the year, Randy Orton versus the Fiend at WrestleMania. Hey. Undertaker got a lot of bad matches, too. That's all I'll say. Like a bad match ain't gonna keep you out of out of, out of the uh, Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. It's not. Yeah. And number one, of course, like we said earlier, Damian Priest and the Miz, the zombies Man. eat the wrestlers. Um, yeah, bad news. Worst feud of the year: Randy Orton versus the Fiend. Alexa Bliss. <laughs> Way to go, Randy. Oh, number three: Cody Rhodes and Anthony Gogo. That's great. Um, worst promotion of the year: WWE by landslide. <sighs> Best Booker, Tony Khan. Number two, Rossi Ogawa. The Gato era is over. Yeah. Like, he didn't even finish third, right? Nope. Yeah, it was it? Nogawa finished uh, Sean, third, right? Sean Shelby, whoever Oh, oh, okay. I don't know who that is. Where did, where did Buddy from GCW land? Uh, Lauderdale. Um, he was number five, just okay. behind Gato. So you know, GCW, they don't even book at all. Some people say just barely behind Gato. <laughs> he got to get House of Torture the fuck out of there, man. He, he out here ruining his ruining prestige. His rep. Yeah, ruin the rep. Um, yeah, man, it's 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 incredible. Man. <laughs> GCW and peers. I need to I need to make that an NFT. Oh my god, I gotta screenshot that. That's great. Oh I gotta god. send that to keeping the strong style. Oh, that's amazing. I need that. Oh yes, Can sir. You fucking imagine. Oh yes, sir. Like, got to save that. Look, I ain't look, I have never, and I mean ever heard of anything from GCW resembling anything like that Okada and Osprey from this year. <laughs> but, but sure. Yeah. Let's yeah, her see. fucking off a of Hammerstein ballroom, but uh, they in the do- oh the UFC's Booker. Okay, that okay. So even though I, I want everybody to see this, I, I blew it up on the stream. Uh, Brew Haven, <laughs> you know GCW and NJPW are peers. Unbelievable. Oh man, Jer- I got to show this to Jeremy and Josh. This is great. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, best gimmick, Roman Reigns wins. Uh, number one. Looks like, yeah, okay. So they have one single person from WWE who everyone likes. And then it's nothing but like AEW wrestlers that all everyone has their favorites. And then there's like a Dan Housen. There's a Matt Cardona thrown in. Um, yeah, so. Is Starlight Kid on there? She is. Yeah. Best gimmick, mass wrestler. Okay. Best gimmick for <laughs> Roman Reigns. Like, you know, they, they found something. I guess it resonated somewhere. So... Number one worst gimmick, Alexa Bliss. Like, you know what the worst thing about Alexa Bliss's gimmick is? It's she's not back even and hers. She's doing it again. It's like they they stole it and like gave it to her. Like after, like to yeah, yeah. And to the thing roll is, like, over. they they took something that was bad and gave it to someone else, and like they're also doing bad with it. Like it's hand me down shit. Yeah. Um. The 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 thing about it. Um. Yeah, Zach says no eel for best gimmick for shame. Oh, for her gimmick, Kabuki. All right. You know, got to assess, you know, these people. We're going to talk about that later. <laughs> the you know, assessor these... Unagi. <laughs> yes. You know. That's funny. Best pro wrestling book, Mox. James yep. can speak to that one. I did yep. not read that book yet. Great book. Wrestling Doc, Dark Side of the Ring, Brian Pillman won, and that's it. But, yeah, those are the reserve rewards. Uh, you know. There's something to look at. So uh, awards go back to 1980. So it's uh, pretty interesting to look at, and you know you can really look at who's the, who's who. The best, you know, the last 40 years. So um, I guess James, it, it's very exciting times here on oh. One Nation Radio. Um, you know because it's time to hit the music. Nah, Rich. In fact, it's not time for me to hit the music. It's time for you to hit the music. So I need you to go to your Gmail. I need you to uh, go uh, check out what I just sent you um, in the attachment. And I want you to press play for the viewers at home to, to, to get a good listen to. You sent it to my, my Gmail. Yes. There we go. Oh, okay. he told me to hit the music. So here we go. We drop bones on So, not only did I have to do that, I forgot that, like, that part is only on the video version. It's not on, like, the album version, like, the drop bows on the part, right? Right. Otherwise, it's playing, like, instrumental. So, I had to go to YouTube. I had to just rip that that shit down. Look, then I had to, like, rip off, like, the beginning, like, the intro and the outro, uh, and then uh, blend in time, or put it in timing together, and then I slowed it down to make sure that, like, if this shit goes on YouTube or whatever else, it won't be taken down. So right. uh, I went through and looked around and like, hey, let me see if there's any Jay Z slowed down songs that are up there on YouTube. Because if, if that shit, if Jay Z, <laughs> oh, there's plenty. If Jay Z slowed down is up, it will. It, anything you can throw anything slowed down or up. So we're good. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Kyrie has returned to stardom. Uh, this happened basically hours before the Observer stuff came out, Observer Awards reputation, so like, 
for uh from a western perspective i was talking to niagara driver about this like I, I said, like, I think this is one of the biggest days for, for uh, Western uh, expansion or, or fandom, whatever you want to call it, for, for stardom or exposure. And he was like, no, it is the greatest day ever. Um, mm-hmm. To get a WWE superstar to return, um, which he wanted to return a year ago, but, you know, let's not get into that. But, um, yeah, she's back. Uh, and the first person she said that she wanted to uh, get in the ring with was, was Tam. Um, Tam happened to be at a press conference. She walked up with Unagi. Unagi said, Hey, who are you? They never Rookie. met each other. She's never, she you know, she, prove herself. Apparently, she's never, you know, opened a newspaper in the words of, of uh, a red newspaper for in the words of Robert Ori. It, so, it's about right now. You yeah. know, the eel has never so, seen you. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, there was a bit of awkwardness and words back and forth in uh, between Unagi and, and Kyrie, and um, Tam was trying to play keep, trying to be respectful. At one point, Tam revealed herself to be a a fed mark by saying, "Unagi, be quiet. She is a W. She's a former WWE superstar wrestler. She didn't say superstar wrestler. And I was like, oh, you're Tam's a fed mark. <laughs> so, Tam's so, in the FDS. Who yes, knows? So. Like that's a big that's a big star. She was in the WWE. <laughs> she wrestled for Vince Man in New York. <laughs> Madison Square Where, Garden. Look, so, you think Unagi even knows what New York is? Well, in the, in the way that we and the way that we say, it, absolutely not. But I bet, I bet she understands Madison Square Garden. That's funny. Uh, so anyway, uh, Unagi so, said, "What's a WWE?" <laughs> that's what JML said. That's great. <laughs> so. Uh, so then from there, uh, uh, there was a match proposed, and then between those two, and uh, Kyrie said, well, how about a match? Rossi sitting there, he was like, well, you want to do a tag match? Sure, that's fine. Uh, for the first night of uh, Sumo Hall, because you know doing two nights back to back. The first right. night, uh, Kyrie said, how about you two versus me and um, another daughter of stardom, Mayu. So that's first. that's night one. Um, and then, you know, they, they said their piece and they, and they walked off and Kyrie went to take pictures and sign off. And then that damn Oeda tie comes from behind and attacks Kyrie. Um, and this is a Oedo tie that featured the three people that were there were all people that were there when Kyrie left Momo and kid and Natsuko, they were all crying tears, boo-boo face as she was gone. And now you're back and you know, we're, we're healed. So we'll beat you up, get a little heat. So, um, they have uh, they beat them up, so you figure like there's eventually going to be a program. We'll see what it is. Uh, today um, in Corken Hall, they had a show, or this morning in Corken Hall, they had a show where um, after the main event, Oedotai attacked um, Nasapoy. Nasapoy was kind of um, mentored by Kyrie. Kyrie got involved, and that is setting up for night two um, in Sumo Hall, Kid versus Kyrie. Uh, so yeah, like Kyrie's immediately, uh, put in with big stars, big matches, giving people looks for, on, on these big shows, like with Tam Nunagi, it's, it, look, it's, it's in the, the WWE, this is how, this is, this is how they would do it if WWE really meant it. Like, we'll put you in a match with a big star and we'll beat you and you'll get the ride being put over. When Kyrie, look, when Unagi catches this, uh, elbow drop. <laughs> <laughs> when she gets his elbow drop, she actually will have gotten a, something from it for being in a match with Tam and Mayu and uh, Kyrie in Sumo Hall. 
And Kid, we know Kid's going to lose. She's about to get elbowed too. That's not the point. Like, Kid is going to be in this gigantic match that a lot of people thought was going to be for uh, Kamatani. Um, but it's going to Kid, and Kid is going to greatly benefit for being in a showcase headlining match in Sumo Hall, and especially in the years to come, having that on a resume. So, yeah, um, that is that is I, Kyrie run right now. So far. James, I would like to talk about the all-time finesse job that Kyrie pulled uh, <laughs> on WWE, their insane fans, all that shit. Like, Kyrie was like, yo, I want to move back to Japan. I hate this place. And I don't want to be in the Royal Rumble. No, thank you. I'm opening a gym. You know, I'm just riding my contract out. They, they had her locked in jail for for years, it seems like. And the second she's out, what's happening? There's a mystery angles being run for. Her, and she finally, you know, clears, clears it up and goes home. And, you know, she she didn't want to retire or lay it down like that. No, that woman wanted to wrestle at home. I don't disagree. Uh, another part that's um, interesting is um, the word is this isn't some only big show thing. She will be doing shows like how she will she be a regular when she's, you know, doing effectively 100 dates in a year, uh, given the rate of uh, shows that stardom does. Probably not. But if she's going to be doing Corrigan Halls in uh, uh, Osaka Indian Arena, uh, the second the second Osaka Indian Arena and doing like. The uh the ballrooms in Tokyo, along with you know, the pay per views, like that's a big deal. Um, like if she's doing that, like she can be champion again. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Like, I just hope she's able to pass her assessment um, <laughs> through for through Nagi. Nagi's able to give it a thumbs up and thumbs Look, down. Nagi's like Sean Waltman, you know. This gonna be this, this all the assessment that's gonna be needed when you drop one of these. Right they gonna bring they gonna bring Nagi in the office and they are gonna treat her like Sean Waltman and be like, hey, so can she work? And then Nagi's oh, yeah. gonna give it give it an answer from there, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, man, super excited, super happy for this. Like, uh, if not for Kyrie, we're never watch, we're never covering starting to begin with. Like, straight up, like, if she never comes into uh, the Mae Young Classic and impresses the hell out of me and Rich, and then, you know, does what she does in NXT, um, it never gives me reason to say, what the hell else is out there? And then, you know, also, also seeing EO makes me think, what the hell, you know, did they leave from if they're this damn good? Um, and then, you know, starting in 2019, so, like, where we start watching it. So, yeah, like, it's a big fucking deal for me that she's back. Um... And I'm I'm just going to enjoy it. Like you know, I think uh, Meltzer reported it. You know, as she as she left in the summer 2020, that like her idea is to wrestle a year or a year and a half or two years, and um, and then wrap it up. So like, make the best of the opportunity she has. Like the starting that she left in 2017, when Momo is 17 and Kid is 16, and you know, uh, and Azumi is 15. Like, it's totally different. Like, these are some of the best wrestlers in the world as opposed to, you know, just people that promise you with potential. Like, so, um, there was no Shuri, there was no Julia, there was no Tam Nakano. Like, speaking of the Tam part, like, uh, Kyrie's la- when she has her gauntlet match and leaves, that's, that's like June, like early June. Tam shows up in the middle of, uh, July. 
So they're like, you know, ships missing in the middle of, they're past the middle of the night. Kind of like, um, when O'Reilly was talking about Finn Balor in 2020, like, when I got to this place, this person was gone. When I went to this other, when this person, um, when I went to the other place, they were also gone. Like, now we finally get to see it. Um, so that's gonna be really fun. Um, question from Zach James, who's the second mystery woman? That, I was gonna get to that. So, um, Brandy? I don't think it's gonna be Brandy Rhodes, no. Um, but Odell Ty, you know, you know, for life, you know, kind of like Bullet Club, you know. <laughs> I don't know who it is. I, I've seen people speculate it might be us, uh, Sayori Ano, um, that used to be an actress girls around the same time as, um, uh, Nassipoy. Um, who knows? I, I, I really can't speak on it. Uh, Zach, who do you think it is? Um, you type it in and we'll, we'll you know, I'll, uh, I'll respond. But, like, you know, there is some, you look at what, Eo's never going to the main roster. Do you think she's going to the main roster? No. I mean, I don't know how much longer her contract would be. Uh, I think a lot of people want Eo freed. Oh, yeah. Look what she's done last year. She's done nothing. Yeah. Um, Boucher wants her. They stated the second they bought the company, or not that second, like the day they bought the company at the press conference, they were like, we want EO, we would like EO and, and, and Kyrie to come back. Well, ha- we're halfway there. Yep. Just hold on, we coming home. <laughs> yep, yep. So, just got to ride it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he says, uh, Hiromi Mamora, um, Hiromi's a comedy geek. Like she was, um, so like when Kyrie was, a, was, uh, before she left, like she had a, almost like a little stable of her own with, um, with Konami and, and, uh, Hiromi and like, she does goofy comedy stuff. Like, uh, and she's, she's like as old as, uh, Kyrie, maybe even older. Um, she was in, she was in the, uh, the, she was in that train wreck battle Royal at Budokan Hall last year. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, she'd be fun to come back, uh, to do some things, but I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think the roster where it is right now, um, I think now, I think Kyrie makes 31. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're kind of reaching that point to where, like, if you add more people, then we need to start splitting up the, the touring schedule. The units. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. He says he wants, um, Yuki Takase. I mean, brother, we all do. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Whoever it is, I'm sure it's going to be a big deal because, like, you know, they're doing the same thing as a Kyrie thing. So, yeah, man. Um, do we have a pay per view coming up? Yes, yes. Uh, we have Cinderella Journey 2022 in Nagaoka. Um, this is a B show pay per view uh, by Stardom Standards. Um, not to say that it won't be a good car because they have some great matches on it, but, uh, just to go through it, um, first match is, uh, future stardom match between Hannon and Kogo. Um, so that started for the stars. I'm sure it'll have a decent match. Um, I don't know if it'll be as good as the lady C match, but we'll see. Uh, second match, Utami in C versus Roaka in Momo. That's more playing and building up the eventual, um, a special singles match between Utami or special grudge match between Utami and, and Momo. So that's also, you know, this is their second time on pay-per-view in a row. So I th- I'm pretty sure that's going to be a, a special match for one of the Budokan, not Budokan, one, uh, one of the two Sumo Hall shows. 
Um, I don't see why I wouldn't them, you know, building up this Momo and Tommy thing. Um, uh, next match after that, Mayu and Tam um, put together uh, versus Saki in Death. Um, so I I don't know what this match supposed to be, but I think this is like them trying to figure out where to place everybody after what happened with Tam and the other two Cosmic Angels that ended up being, um, uh, you know, co- putting COVID gel at right on like the left after the last pay per view. Um, but they basically set it up to where it's going to be Saki versus Mayu, and it's going to be Death versus. Tam and Saki, given the history of being a dirtbag to Mayu and Stars, say, hey, how about I team with my normal tag team partner versus you and, you know, your old friend that, you know, y'all are on the, on the rocks with, and I'll bet on my chemistry keeping us from getting killed, because if I fight Mayu, I'll probably get killed anyway. They're going to get killed just the same, but at least they'll make it somewhat compelling before they end up getting dropped on their heads. Um, All right. Next match after that, yeah, you end up having um and oh so also a running thing I don't these this card isn't set in stone yet at least I don't think it is because like all the title matches were sent to a vote rich the main event was brought to a vote um at the behest of uh of Starlight Kid she said look I have a high speed match um there's a white belt match. There's also a tag team match. How about we, and also the future match, the future match has no chance of winning, but you're like, let's put it up to a vote. So I don't know if the results are in yet, but I'm just going based off of what's on the stardom website right now. So, um, next match, uh, on, on projected on the card is starlight kid versus Azumi for the high speed title. Can um, somebody win, please? Look, if they go to a 30 minute draw, I'll be furious. Um, they just did the shit. Nah, someone has to get beat here. And you look, kid needs to beat her. Kid needs to beat Azumi. If she's going to go, if she's going to go into Sumo Hall versus uh, Kyrie, Kyrie, I almost called her Kyrie. Sane. Uh it's just Kyrie now. She needs to, she needs to win, and she needs to take that belt into um, Sumo Hall, catch her elbow in her chest, and then move on from there. And she can drop it after that. But nah, she needs to, she needs to build her momentum up for wrestling. You know, a person that could potentially be the biggest star in the, in the promotion coming back. Um, mm-hmm. So, but it, but besides that point, it is f- since the first Stardom pay per view in an arena. Like this is their first singles match on the uh, so uh, our big singles match. So, like I mentioned, Cedar grow from the last time I saw them in I think it was October. Yeah, October two thousand twenty to now. Like. They're gonna rip it up. That's on. Un- that's undisputed. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't even know the hands. You know, whatever them gang signs were. Uh, so, uh, next match after that, uh, it is a uh, Sumo Hall Outpost match. It is basically Shiri's <laughs> Shiri's Donald Del Mondo versus Julia's Donald Del Mondo. So, Man. Um, you know, NWO versus the Wolfpack. Yeah, so it, it it's Shuri and Micah and Emeka versus Julia and Mariah and Tekla. Um, that match is gonna be killer. I think the match will be killer. Um, I don't think they'll. I think this is where you see the seeds of their eventual split happening right here. Uh, I see that's where it happens. Like I don't think it's gonna. I don't think someone's gonna lose right here and then say like, "Fuck it, we're done." 
but like this is where someone loses and they get resentful and and then they start plotting course to the to uh to figure to figure out their own uh their own uh way towards uh the red belt yeah, right. I'm, I'm, like basically what I'm getting is like I'm pretty sure Judah's gonna fucking lose and then she's gonna be jealous that she lost. So, uh, or 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 draw twenty minute draw. <laughs> I, it feels like a draw. Man, if they can't beat Tekla, I don't know what to do. Like they can't beat. Don't she got a belt? Tekla got a belt. So, bro, it's gonna be a draw. It, it I'm with you, Rich. However, they can beat Tekla. They just had Mina beat Tekla. Look, I'm, I'm going with a draw. It's, you're I feel you're like probably it's, you're look, probably like it's right, safe Rich. Bet. You're probably right, Rich. I'm just pointing out that when when people like if anyone comes up with an excuse for, you know, like well, damn, who they supposed to beat? Beat Tekla. That's who they could beat. Um. So anyway, uh, so uh, next match, semi event spot projected in theory, uh. Tag team match. You gotta stop the goddess belts versus uh, goddess belts of uh, Kaguma and Hazuki versus Mina and Unagi. Um, I think this match is not going to be some main event. I think this match is going to be at best third from the top, but we'll see how that goes. But um, Hazuki and Kaguma are killer tag team, and if they hold these belts for a significant amount of time, they will finish on you know the best tag team list of 2021 and deserve awards next year. They're killing it right now. Um, and you know, this is another big spot for, for, for the Naxter. Um, to put her in a title match again. Um, she'll have more help this time with, uh, with Mina, but yeah, like they are, this should be pretty good right here. It should Um, be, it should be a good match, but you know, obviously I don't think the belts are changing hands, but you know, um, I think, I think it'll be a very good match. I'm ready to see uh the the Nasser get strapped up somewhere. So uh, she's been I don't know. she was a trios champ uh last year. That's right, that's right. But I get what you mean. Um I we'll see. Like I th- I feel like with um what they're doing right now with uh they're keeping Hazuki and Kaguma really strong, especially uh especially throughout the, the beginning of this year. Like I don't I I have to look at their win loss percentage, but like when I write in like the finishes of their matches, like every week, like they, they ain't losing. They right, winning right. all. They winning all the matches. So like, uh, you know, they're keeping them strong and like they're they're pretty they're a very strong champion. And I think that's a byproduct of, you know, they beat Julian Shuri. So like they're keeping them super strong, which is smart. Like I, they're valuing their tag team titles, you know, as opposed to some of these companies that do not. They don't give a flying fuck. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and uh, the main event projected uh, Sai Kamatani, white belt champion versus Nasapoi. Um, they have good chemistry. They get they're going to have a killer match. There's no doubt in my mind they are. Um, I wish they had got to it a better way. I, I hated the the uh, high speed belt draw to then build up towards a different fucking title match. But once the bell rings, that's kind of go out the window because they're going to have a killer match. But uh, like for that to be a B pay per view, it's pretty impressive. I'm ready to see uh, Saya and Natsupoy in a match. This is a very um, interesting matchup. Uh, of course, we've seen Natsupoy all last year, just kind of come blazing on the scene 
in a lower level position. Uh, the last time she was in a main event was against uh, Starlight, right? Yeah. Um, on pay per view or like on just a, on like a Corkin Hall level show. Uh, I think it was a Corkin level show. Well, the the draw they just had was on was Corrigan Hall main event, yeah. Um, oh, okay. Last I'm year, talking about the other one. Oh, last year yeah. in August? Uh, last year in August was, it wasn't, that was the one that they broadcast live on YouTube, but that wasn't Corrigan Hall, but it was like a... I gotcha. Was it? It might have been Osaka. It might have been Osaka Indian Arena too. I can't remember, but either way, like they broadcast it live, so it was a big deal for them. Yeah, I think um, I think this should be a, a real good match. Like as far as like, you know, her speed and then size, like tall lankiness, um, I think they're going to have great chemistry yeah um one thing also like of note with uh with saya like she's she's improving she's improving in like every every match as a technical wrestler as far as her chain wrestling and mat wrestling so like to add to add the stuff what she does with her flying already like you can see when she wrestles azumi um in the grand prix last year um that like you put her in the ring or you hell even the match she won the title with tam where had that started out like you put her in the ring and you tell her hey Start out with technical wrestling and then build towards stuff you do. Just a simple like you know, start slow and then build towards the big stuff you do. Um, she's starting to she's starting to figure out how to not just do cool stuff, but also you know have a cool match based around the cool stuff she does. So um, yeah, it's gonna be a great match. Like she, I I kind of wished it like you know she the way they were teasing the whole t- the whole like um, don't tell anybody. She has no secret and like. She was going to get a match with Kyrie. She'll probably still get it down the line, but like I, it would have been cool if it had been a, like one of her early matches or one of the first matches, like Sumo Hall. But you know, went to kid, and you know, either one would be fine with me because like kid's awesome. So, um, yeah, man, that's that's that, yeah, that that's startling. That's startling. Cool, man. But yeah, I guess uh, I don't think there's much else. Uh, uh, but I mean, we could talk. We could talk about past about like uh, elimination shaper if you want to. In passing, you know what? You know what? I got nothing. Hey, on that, I personally, I I saw that it was a two hour fifty minute show, and I was told, and I I looked, I saw the match times, and I saw it was like seventy minutes of match time, and I said I was going to get to it, and I was going to watch it, and then the next day I said I was going to get to it, and I was going to watch it. And then today came and I said, okay, two hours, I'm going to watch it. And I never found the time. And I got to be honest, like once I get done uploading this show, um, I the time will be lost. I don't think I'm going to go back and watch it. Um, I, 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 what I heard happened to, to the whole entire roster, um, in that Seth in the, uh, Brock Lesnar match. Uh, cause it was a Brock Lesnar match. It wasn't a WWE title elimination chamber match. It was a Brock uh-huh. Lesnar match. Um, it, it was very uninspiring, and when they say, and Brock comes out here and he cuts these, uh, does these interviews, says, like, stop worrying about your spots that you're trying to do in your match in every spot, worry about getting over. Well, if you beat every fucking tenor like that in seconds, no one can get the fuck over. Just a thought. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, I heard that Lita and Becky Lynch was better than it should have been, than it had any right to be. Um... I heard some people that I think are morons be upset that Becky Lynch, or sorry, that um, Bianca won the chamber, which means that she beat like Rhea and Liv in Alexa. And I got to say, if you are complaining about Alexa Bliss not getting a shot, then I want you to go back in time to 2017 through 2019 and then watch her put on some of those mediocre fucking wrestling matches of the, in the companies 
uh, pay-per-views uh, in that era. And then I want you to watch what she's done as a talker in her talking segments. They have some of the worst wrestling segments week after week after week. And then from there, I want you to shut the fuck up. Sorry. Indeed. She put on some stinkers for a long time. I'm sorry that I'm sorry that uh, you don't get to see her rust because you want to have sex with her. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. um, Bianca versus Becky set for WrestleMania. I expect a really good match. I expect this to be like the a match that like carries a lot of intrigue for the people that think that look at the rest of the card and kind of like, oh god, Brock versus uh, Roman part nineteen. No thanks. Or eight, whatever it is. It feels like nineteen. Honestly, it feels like a hundred. Um, yeah, I I want to see that match, and I want to see Bianca beat her, and then I want to see from there how they you know rebuild Becky for for they have a whole fucking year to get her to Ronda, because they made that transparent as hell. That's what her, their plans are. So how do they dig themselves out of the mess they've made by making? Uh, by not pinning Ronda to begin with, by doing that triple threat match, by beating uh, Becky or beating uh, Bianca the way they did, and then by making um, Becky be a heel when everybody wants to cheer her, regardless of her doing her heel stuff, all all for basically like since SummerSlam. So let's see it. Let's see what grand plan y'all got. They don't have a plan. That's my point. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where I am on it. Um, trying to think what else was on the card worth mentioning. Uh, they pulled Biking Raiders versus uh Usos. Just pulled them. Imagine flying over there and they pull you, bro. You know how furious you have to be. Uh, who, who who knows if they even flew over there? Oh, false advertising. Good point. Um, we'll never know. Yeah, I think that's all I got. I think I think that's all I got. Yeah, make sure you guys uh order the uh, uh AW Who We Are album. Check out the uh, videos and all that jazz, and uh, you know, every, every all the artists. Shout out to all the artists on the on the album. Everybody showing love. It's that you know, there's one person that's out there, you know, and at a time where you can be taking advantage, building with other artists, you out here dissing. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, what a choice. So, yeah. Um. Thanks for listening, y'all. Be sure to rate us on our app you're using to listen to this with. Um, go to the Red Circle and drop us off a donation. If you are watching uh, the streams going forward um, on, on Twitch, drop the bits. I don't know what the bits necessarily mean, but I'm sure if you, the bits add up. So drop the bits. Yeah, drop well, the bits. Well, don't, well, well, bits, not the bit, but drop the bits. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then listen to other shows on network. Um uh, besides what is your radio, you have Keep It a Strong Style, you have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show, you have Girl Man Washes Shit, you have the Grave Consequences Podcast, you have 8-Bit Suplex, you have All Things Elite, you have Great Match Generator, and you have AEW Match Guy. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.